Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Monday, 25th of April. What a great weekend. What a really interesting weekend. I would have done the marathon, but I was a little bit tied up. I, I just didn't really have the energy to do it. But instead, I went to Regent's Park. Now, you know who was staying in Regent's Park? Obama. I've never seen security like it. I've seen security for people. The whole of the park was ringed with police. We walked through the park and they put uh, blocks in everywhere, all the way down all the paths. Uh, At the back of the official residence, they've got everything covered over with sheeting. In fact, I said good morning to more police officers (laughs) that you could shake a stick at. And then when the helicopters arrived, it was like a scene out of Independence Day. It was fantastic. It was so impressive. All of that and British home stores. Not good news. The, today they think they could uh, they could post the fact that 11,000 people could lose their jobs, which is not great news. Austin Reed not looking promising either. And if you're thinking of going on a motorway journey, don't eat the food. Apparently there's loads of places. In fact, high street places that on the motorways have not passed muster. They've been out there and they've checked for food hygiene. Now, I think you only have to look at the people working in these places to realise that their standards of hygiene are probably somewhat different from your own. And I don't like anybody handling food with their bare hands. I've got a bit of a problem with this. It's, uh, it's, it's a case of, you know, I don't know. Have you washed your hands? No. Are you handling money? Yes. And so you're handling money and handling food. Totally illegal. Totally illegal. It's got to stop. And some of these motorway places, and they're well-known brands. It's not like they're not well-known brands. You know, they said, oh, the manager's been spoken to. Well, quite clearly, the manager's the filthy one, isn't he? If he's allowed these places to get to that kind of stage. Uh, Also, in Deptford. Oh, there's some thieving old toe rags in Deptford, aren't there? People, you know, who've been pictured. You can see their faces. They're not even pixelated because they're quite clearly crooks. Stealing packets of water, which is meant for for the runners. What a bunch of toe rags. What a bunch of disgusting people. Uh, anyway, apart from that, you've got uh, the ostrich of death metal, Bernie's CD cock-up. Can't wait to tell you that story. And the bride's big fat gypsy wedding dress, heavier than her. They are... I mean, she looks like a fat blancmange, poor soul. She's only five foot two inches tall. She must be one of the oldest big fat gypsy weddings going on. She's 39, he's 42, he's walking with a stick. That's even before he's got to the bedroom. I mean, I'm assuming things are just going to take a downward turn. The bag you're not allowed to buy because you're not, you're not rich enough or posh enough. So they, they decide when you walk in whether they're going to sell it to you. So they'll, they'll flog it to somebody like Vic Beckham because they go, she's, she's rich. She's got no class, but she's rich. You know, she's desperately trying to buy class, but you can't buy class. You've either got it or you haven't. And she doesn't have. She has vulgarity. Vulgarity runs with the whole family, you know, the, the family that are obsessed. I mean, a little bit lower down the scale, you've got Kerry Katona, and that's the same sort of vulgarity. Uh, the council's blooming madness. Nice couple get taken to court by the council because outside their place they've got um, a little bit of ground and they thought, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put, put some flowers in there and make it look nice, you know, which is sort of the sort of thing you encourage. Oh, no, not this particular council. Oh, out they came. Nick, 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 Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. And so they, they put this couple through court. And it cost about 20 grand. In the end, they've, they've agreed to allow them to keep the flowers. Well, big bloody deal. I'll tell you what, you'd be going round and you'd be planting flowers all over. They're so stupid, councillors, aren't they? You do worry, don't you? You do worry about their mentality. Perhaps they're sort of, perhaps they're sort of the sort of people who sort of write into radio stations. Oh, I can't stand listening to that uh, Katie Hopkins. And then the next minute, they're voting in council chambers. 
because Katie Hopkins did very well again the other day. I always find it amazing that when, when people start arguing with her, they lose big time. Because she just puts forward a very, very good argument. She had some woman the other day who was trying to explain uh, to Katie Hopkins about the junior doctors going on strike. There is no justification for going on strike at all. And so she said to Katie Hopkins, thinking she was being terribly clever, oh, well, of course, you know, it's because you, you've, had, um, you've had work done on the NHS with junior doctors. And Katie, Price said, uh, Katie Hopkins said, well, I don't actually mind that. I have a lot of admiration for them. I just don't think they should go on strike. You know, what about all these women who are waiting to be induced? What about all these people waiting for their operations? What about people who can't have it done? And this woman was sort of trying to defend it. There is no defence. There is no defence at all. And she was losing it so big time. You know, started off being arrogant and aggressive to Katie Hopkins, who's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, as you know. Huge fan. And, um, and she was saying, oh, you know, I'm not sure whether you're just trying to wind us up or not, as if she was speaking for everybody. As opposed to just herself. Uh, so if you work for British Home Stores, what do you reckon today? Lock the doors? I have to be honest, I mean, the place has been a disaster for years. Didn't Philip Green flog it for a pound a few years ago? And even then they couldn't make it work. It's just, it's too big, it's been outgrown, and uh, there are better places out there. Nobody, nobody wants to go out to department stores unless it's something like, you know, we've, we've got Bentals, but most of the stuff in Bentals in Kingston is split up into small units which they've sort of let out. British home stores were stuck in a... I remember going in there years ago. Do you remember I told you? It must have been years ago. I went in to buy some handkerchiefs, and I was on a floor. I mean, enormous. Enormous, enormous, enormous in the basement. And there was one woman on there, on the phone. She had her back to me, saying, you know, how, how dreadful the figures were last week. And I thought then, you're doomed. You're absolutely doomed. This shop's going under. Because they were thinking of selling, or there was something in place, with uh, one of the, uh, the sports shops... The problem is they didn't want to pick up the pension bill of a 531 million, so that was holding it back. The other thing that could go under, Austin Reed, again, different generations set up in the 1900s. First place I got my hair done in Austin Reed's. And uh, first time I'd ever had my hair blow-dried. If you, <laughs> My father used to have an account at Austin Reed's. But now there's loads of other places you can buy the clothes from, and I think they, I forget how many outlets they've got. That could be a 1,000 staff out on Austin Reed. It's not looking promising, is it, on the high street? But if you go onto the high street, what do you see? Empty shops. Empty shops, boarded up, and you know damn well that they're going to be turned into coffee shops. Coffee shops. We had the, the case a uh, short while ago uh, of an establishment, uh, a gay pub in Richmond. And uh, they've gone into administration, and the company that own it don't, don't want to extend the lease. They're not interested, because they probably want to get rid of them, and they'll either convert it into flats, or they'll convert it into a coffee shop, or a, one of these bistros, or a pret, or a fish, or whatever it is nowadays. You know, there's all sorts of places out there. That's all the high street is, isn't it? It's a dumping ground for coffee beans. That's, that's all it is. I feel a bit disappointed, really. The high street's been taken over. Whatever happened to a good old high street? A bit like somewhere like Chelmsford. Because I went to uh, to Chelmsford, and uh, and that was quite nice over the weekend. Really, absolutely, absolutely lovely. It was very nice, very busy, uh, very bustling. Nice stalls, just just the kind of place you think you want to live in. And then we went into one of the shopping centres, and there they were outside, the Chav family from hell. Yes, all the women wearing tracksuits in the misguided belief that it makes you look thin and a bit sporty. No, it makes you look fat, very. Very fat. And the whole family were there. They've all got fags on. Kids as well. Baby in the pram. Kid, you know, fag on. <sighs> you know, 
breastfeeding, openly done, you know, they don't really care about it, and all wearing tracksuits. And you look at them and you go, it's a shoplifting expedition. You could just tell. I could walk into a shop. I could see young girls shoplifting all over the place. I find it, you know, I have to look the other way now. Makes me far too ill. And uh, crazy. I have no problem when they wash their hands, but I've never seen people wear gloves handling money. You're not allowed to handle food and handle money. Because money has passed through so many hands and it carries germs. Notes carry germs. Uh, coinage carries germs. And in fact, I'm going to have to have a word with our local bakery because the girls there are handling food and everything else with their bare hands and handling money. And it's not allowed. It's not allowed. So we have to get it stopped and we have to sort it all out. I don't want to pick up germs. Small wonder we all become ill, isn't it, nowadays? So 84850 steve at uk. And Pete says, on our way on holiday, are you jealous? Well, if you've listened to this programme... If you've listened to this programme for any length of time, you'll know that I don't do holidays. I really don't. I must be the only person in the world, well, there's probably a few of us, I should imagine, who really couldn't give a stuff about holidays. I'm not interested in holidays. I don't want to take... Every day's a holiday. You know, producer's been away, you know, back to home, you know, to sort of, you know, catch up on, you know, family and things like that. He's also missing the language. So when he comes back, I always go, oh, good day, mate. You know, it just makes him feel as though he's sort of back in the land of... Well, most of them ex-criminals. And um, so that was quite nice, you know, Australia's night. But I just don't do a holiday. I can't be bothered. I don't see the idea of sitting on a plane for anything above about five minutes. And then you sit there and you wait and then they bring you food. And they go, would you like to watch a film? Not really, no, dear. I just want to get there. You know, can I get you something from the minibar? No, nothing at all. And then I go, as soon as they walk away, I go, oh, actually an orange juice. No, not an orange juice, tomato juice. Tomato juice with ice. Be very nice. Or just a bottle of water. Do you have any water? Uh, we haven't. The people of Deptford have stolen it. OK, fine. OK, so I won't have a bottle of water. How many more hours is it? Well, we haven't taken off yet and it's 23. Ugh. God, I mean, that ju- I just want to take a sleeping tablet and just pass out for the duration of the flight. It's the most boring thing. I understand, you know, and I quite admire people who sort of fly the skies because I get a lot of people listening to this programme. I know quite a number of people who fly the skies. I couldn't do it. I, my God, she's an ugly newsreader, isn't she? Where have they got her from? Dear Lord. Is that part of Kim Jong-un's thing? Let's pick the ugliest woman to read the news. Your watch news. Oh, here he is again. Look at him, honestly. Poor sod, honestly. Imagine being that unattractive. Then he's got his finger on the button of a nuclear weapon. Look at him. Look, bless him, honestly. Maybe a diet, darling. Have you thought of maybe running diets on the television over in Korea? Uh, the Croydon cat killer. They're now reckon 150 victims across the country. This, to me, sounds like a lorry driver, doesn't it, to you? Certainly sounds like it to me. Uh, the snowy blaster sweep Britain. Well, it was cold yesterday. I did like the marathon. I did like the marathon. I like the, the only thing that spoils it is the, uh, is the drips that they drag out to interview people. You know, they run along and you have to try and work out who they are. You go, who is this? Is it somebody from Country File or something like that? Hello, are you running for charity? Yeah, what's the name of the charity? And so they do all the plugs. But then I've been watching the uh, most boring thing on the television, snooker. Snooker, the dullest thing ever on the television. Invented for men who like bending over tables. That's all it's for. And for people who like watching balls going in pockets. That's about as far as it goes. It's the most boring thing I've ever seen. And yet the worst thing is that the BBC who claim, oh, we don't allow advertising. Oh, yes, they do. Every one of the players has got all their logos on there of who they've been sponsored by. It's absolutely outrageous. Disgusting. It's like the marathon. I didn't realise how much sponsorship there was on the marathon. And so the BBC proudly do it. Liars, aren't they? Oh, no, we don't do advertising. You blooming well do. I saw it all over the marathon. Don't get me wrong. I like the marathon. I like the people. Uh, I even liked, 
you know, some of the interviewers going, so who... <sighs> they will stop the people dressed like, you know, buffoons, don't they? And there was, there was one man, I wasn't sure if it was wholly appropriate, running the marathon, dressed as Jesus, carrying a cross on his back. I'm sorry, isn't that blasphemy? Since when, since when did Jesus ever run a marathon? You know, if there was a marathon printed in the Bible, you know, out or, or running round the Garden of Gethsemane, I might have understood it, but I don't ever remember reading about the, uh, the Gethsemane marathon. So I'm assuming it never took place. So why he was allowed to run, I've got no idea. You get the usual people dressed up as firemen, or perhaps they were firemen. Somebody dressed up as uh, something from Jurassic Park. Could have been anybody. And, uh, and a few other people, and they sort of run round. And then a few, there's probably a few people still running at the moment. Still running at the moment, I should imagine. As long as they're doing it for charity, I don't care. But I, I did feel, I, th- I think the music helps. It's actually put together, you know, really actually quite, quite nicely. And I did feel a little twinge. I did feel a little twinge of sadness, and I, I thought that was, uh, that, was, that was quite nice, actually. I like things like that. Something that makes me have some sort of uh, effect, something that, uh, that actually provokes something inside you, that makes you think, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that, but there again, I can't. Uh, there is the uh, scandal today of the, uh, the rapist who's been allowed to go to Glastonbury. Luckily, there's a picture of him, so uh, be warned. I can't imagine why a judge would ever allow anybody out to go to Glastonbury. This is uh, a sex offender who attacked a woman whilst high on drink and drugs. He's had his curfew lifted. His name is Harry Webb. He's 21. Uh, They'll be watching him very closely. If I was running Glastonbury, I'd be looking out for him, giving his money back at the gate and saying, we don't want you in here. Why would you want somebody like that in there? A rapist? No, thank you very much indeed. Quarter past four. Guys, I know I'm very privileged. Nick Ferrari at breakfast every weekday morning from seven, only on LBC. She sounded very British, didn't she? Uh, I was just on it. So, who's actually camping out to see the Queen? Ah, good day. Uh, we're over here. Uh, we've called away from Oz, and uh, we're on a ticket, and we thought we'd come down and see her, Madge. And uh, we're having a quick look around. So the funny thing is, and I'll tell you what I was thinking of yesterday, the Queen does uh, her drive around in Windsor, sticking up through the top of a car. They've obviously cut a hole in the roof, and so they stick her up in there. And hardly any security. I mean, there is security around there. President Obama, we are standing there, and we, look at, we, we, we walk through Regent's Park, and they've got uh, these concrete blocks all the way down the path. All the way down the path. I mean, these concrete blocks must be hundreds of them, and police officers about every 30 feet. Some armed, tasers, machine guns, and everything else. And so, and of course, as they pass us, it's so funny, actually, because we're going, good morning, good morning, good morning. And they go, good morning. And then, um, and one of them, I said, always said, it's, I said, I've never said good morning to so many policemen. And this woman goes, police women, police women. I thought, I know, I said, I'm so sorry. Anyway, so we had a chat to them. They looked bored out of their mind, to be honest with you. I said, I bet you can't wait for him to leave. And they smiled. <laughs> so, anyway, and then we sort of, we get a little bit further around the park, and then the noise starts. And, and then, over the top of the trees, comes the first helicopter. Well, the noise, you can, it, it was like a scene from Independence Day. Seriously, they come from behind the tree. This first helicopter came through. The noise was earth-shattering. I thought they might have quietened them down a bit by now. Perhaps they needed a service. And, uh, and in it came, and it was uh, an American helicopter. And that lands behind the trees on the garden of the American ambassador to London, who lives in this house, which I think used to be owned by the Woolworths heiress. 
I think it was her. I think I think she owned this house. Anyway, it's it's owned by the American Embassy, and their garden must be fairly big because over the trees after the first helicopter comes the second helicopter, as noisy as ever. Four helicopters in total. Four helicopters. One of them would carry carry the president uh, back, but they never tell you which one. So it's a, there's obviously he is obviously the most protected man. The cavalcade that went with it must have contained about. 15 cars, including a communications lorry, including... There was a fire engine parked outside. There was also... There's a hospital as well that goes with him in case anything happens. They don't want to be caught out on that one. I've never seen such security. Seriously. Never seen such security. Whereas you think to yourself, all he's got to do is put a beanie hat on, and he could walk quite happily onto the bus, get the bus to Heathrow, because nobody... You wouldn't be sitting on the bus going, I think Obama's just got on the bus. Seriously, you wouldn't think that. And we waited for the helicopters to take off again, but they, they seem to take some, some time. Anyway, Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. That was, I was what I was going to tell you. Uh, President Obama warns Britain will go to the back of the queue for trade deal negotiations if we left the EU. Nick will be asking if the leader of the free world has managed to sway your vote either way. And with 11,000 jobs at risk at BHS, what does the future hold? One of Britain's best-loved stores. Obviously not loved if they're closing it down. It's obviously, I think, people have fallen out of love with it. I mean, who's going to be disappointed there? Shoplifters. Shoplifters will be very disappointed. And why is Big Ben set to be silenced? It's a clock, incidentally, in case you're not too aware of it. You might think it's some sort of name of a porno star in this country, but no, it is, uh, it is a clock. And uh, it, it's going to be silenced, and there's a reason for it, and we'll tell you about it a bit later. So Nick Ferrari from 7 after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have you company. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Kenneth and Gillian are going to... Uh, uh, off to Southampton. They're going on P&O's Azura uh, today. We'll miss you for the rest of the week. Yeah, that's the only thing you don't get. When you're on board ship, you can't pick up LBC. The moment you go out to sea, it doesn't work. Although, did it work? Wait a minute, I'm sure somebody told me that it did work, actually. Uh, Sharon says, oh my God, the, the, the Wahiki, Wakiki, Tommy Bahamas, has a rooftop restaurant. I wonder if there's a strict dress code. Hopefully. I wore one of my, sh- my, uh, my Tommy Bahamas shirts the other day, and a friend of mine went, why are you wearing that? I went, because they're nice to wear and because they're kind of trendy. It's like I was watching Embarrassing Bodies today, down under. And the more truth in that than meets the eye. But anyway, and so they, they had sort of various people on there explaining their illnesses for the cameras. And they had no difficulty in finding people sitting on beaches in Australia, because that's all Australians do. They either sort of drink or they sit on the beach or they drink and sit on the beach. And uh, you don't see many eating ice creams. I don't know whether or not ice cream is popular over there. But they, th- there is a lot of drinking and there's a lot of... Uh, oh, you've seen the bird over there? My God, in heaven, she's well stacked. You know, they like that kind of thing. Then they have a couple of drinks and they get brave. Then they get brave. And the majority of, of Australian men aren't, aren't really quite brave when they're sober. When they've had a few drinks, they become incredibly brave. I'm going to go chatter up. Hello, Dal. Want to come out of my place? You know, that, that's about as far as a chat-up line goes with the Australians nowadays. Or failing that, if they can't even be bothered to speak, they just wave a room key or something like that. And then that generally gets the old girlies trotting backwards with them. And uh, everybody's very happy. And they were doing things on embarrassing bodies that I can't describe on this programme because this is a family programme. And you don't want to hear talk about willies and things like that. Well, you might do. Uh, but not on this programme at this time of the morning. And it's amazing how many people go in there and just drop their trousers for, for anybody. And they start... And I, one of them was sort of... And then there was a woman who had excessive sweating problems. And then there was a woman who had all these sort of little marks all over her lips on her face, and it was all sort of, you know, and she was worried that people didn't want to kiss her. Then there were couples who couldn't work out how you were supposed to kiss. You know, on a first date, do you do tongues? Well, 
you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, some people say, yeah, I don't think you do. Personally, I think that's pushing it a little bit too far. The moment, you know, when you sort of like, you have your first, your first kiss and, and somebody tries to force their tongue into your mouth, you go, get off. And of course, the one thing you do do is you hold your breath for the entire time. So you can actually expire in front of them. It, it's quite ent- entertaining. You have to sort of, you know, work out the technique of sort of faces sideways or full on. And then, and you sort of, do you lick their, their teeth with your tongue? Feeling a bit queasy, aren't you, this morning? I thought you might have been, actually. Because kissing's a funny thing, and as you get a bit older, you tend not to do it as as much. I mean, you know, you, you do it when you're sort of young and when you're sort of married and stuff like that. Then after that, you know, the marriage bit's worn off and the excitement of it, generally after about week number two, uh, then you kind of give up on the kissing. You know, of course, the, the embarrassing thing is when you go to kiss your granny and she tries to stick a tongue in your mouth. That's, that's the worrying bit, isn't it? You think to yourself, oh, my God, she's, she's obviously still after it. Uh, but I love gra- Granny's always used to smell nice. They used to smell of lavender. I just think there's something nice about granny's smelling of lavender. <laughs> I don't know why it was always lavender. It just turned out. Oh, by the way, the perm's back in fashion. Oh, thank the Lord for that. I got a bit worried, actually, as to whether or not perms would be back in fashion. Who's made it fashionable? Old little Kylie Minogue? The little Minogue girl, she's uh, been out there. Now, the one thing that the Minogue, Minogue sisters have is problems with their hair. They've never really been happy with the way their hair is. And so, consequently, Kylie, who really doesn't... I mean, it must be a nightmare. She wakes up every day and goes, Oh, I don't know, cripes, what to do with my hair? And uh, so she's had a perm. And it's quite nice. It's a nice perm, but it is a bit dated, isn't it? It was the kind of thing that footballers in the 60s and 70s had. I had myself a perm. And... And it was quite an attractive look, actually. Most men had it done uh, because footballers had it done. And I used to have fairly long hair, so I looked a little bit like Brian May, only slightly younger version. And I had this perm done, and I quite liked it. And I'm, I, I remember telling you, in fact, there are pictures available, I believe, somewhere. Uh, and I sort of looked at this perm, and I thought, that looks quite nice, actually. And so then I had it permed again on top of that, thinking it would go a little bit better. Unfortunately, it didn't. It frizzed. And, the only, and I couldn't get a comb through it, which seemed a bit stupid, actually. You have your hair permed. Of course you can't get a comb through it. The only comb I could get through it was an Afro comb. So, in fact, my hair got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, of course, it's vanished, vanished, vanished. But, I mean, I don't mind, actually. It doesn't really sort of bother me. I think I'm still attractive. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. We take all your texts and emails on the programme this morning. Unless you're particularly stupid. You know, if you are particularly stupid, then, unfortunately, we sort of lose you. Uh, we've also lost Billy Paul, haven't we? Did I read that? Did I hear that on the news that Billy Paul has died? Oh, dear, honestly. It really does get worse and worse. Famous for me and Mrs. Jones. And um, someone's knocking at the door. I used to love Billy Paul. I used to love, still like Billy Paul. Still play. That was part of the, uh, the Philadelphia sound, wasn't it, really? Uh, the marathon music. Having run three marins, says, marathons, says Kevin the Milkman, you really get to hate hearing, keep on running! And what have you done to make yourself proud? Yeah, they played Heroes yesterday by David Bowie. We can be heroes, which actually, Kevin, worked really well. It did work really well. I did feel a bit of a welling up. Um, I, I did feel a bit of a welling up. But then I, I cry everything. I cried at this thing this morning. I was watching on YouTube. And I can't remember what it was called. What was it called? Can you remember what it was called? It was a... It was a the biggest surprise, we think. The biggest surprise. And it's a woman. It's a television programme, but she doesn't know anything about it. But everybody else is in on it. All the waiters in the restaurant, in the hotel. And it's a marriage proposal and then a wedding. Uh, and I found myself crying again. In fact, actually, the producer's delighted I found something else because he was getting heartily sick and he's been looking at guns on the internet to annihilate the penguins. He's decided we've had quite enough of those. The best penguin's going to be face down in the road with a tyre mark over its back. 
which is a little bit disappointing. So uh, I was watching that, and then I watched Michael Flatley's uh, Feet of Flames, and then I watched his uh, his Celtic uh, thing, which which was fantastic. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I mean, really, you know, some some it really gets good. Actually, really gets good. Malcolm says, talking of fatties, did you see the Jeremy Kyle show on Friday? There was a woman on there who made Gemma Collins look anorexic. <laughs> uh, I called in to Greg's uh, on a morning for a bacon and a coffee. They wear gloves, but they do the butty and take the money. Well, I saw the woman in our Greg. She wasn't wearing gloves. She she went out, picked up the roll, buttered it, and then came back and put the stuff in. But she's still holding it in her hand. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's not right. It's not right. It really isn't. It's, uh, they're not supposed to handle money and handle food. That's, that's, the, that's the law. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, da, 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 da. A, lot of, a lot of people talking about uh, celebs dying. It does seem to be quite a number of them, doesn't there, really? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, what else have we got here? Let's try and weave in as quick as many of these as we can. Nice to uh, spot on about snooker, says John. Most boring thing to watch on television. Who cares? Who cares whether Ronnie Dreary O'Sullivan can get a ball in the corner off this... Co- Who cares? I couldn't care less. It's like darts on the television. I think there should be a special Chav channel where they put all those things on there, which is just for sort of people of limited intelligence. Because you watch people sitting there watching this stuff at the Crucible or wherever it, uh, else it is. If it really was a Crucible, somebody should light it from underneath, make it more entertaining. And they sort of sit there and you, th- and you look at these people. They're so, but there's not a personality. Have you noticed them? Not a personality among any of the snooker players. They used to call Steve Davis, Steve Interesting Davis. He's just uh, retired. I thought he'd retired 30 years ago, but apparently he was still going very dull. He's going to be a DJ now, riveting. And um, no characters, everybody looks bored, stiff. How things have changed. From the days of Alex Higgins and Pop Black, where players used to drink and smoke. Yes, yes, it kind of saw the end, didn't it, really? Uh, of uh, of Alex Higgins and so many others. And there's so many others, the money just slips through their fingers. What do they do with it? I don't know. Oh, late for the news. I should be in dreadful trouble, honestly. LBC News Time, because it's 4.30, the latest headlines for you. Charles Rowe. This is LBC London. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning. I just took a quick mouthful of um, of watermelon, you know, just to sort of see me through the programme. I thought a little bit of sort of coolness in your mouth is always quite good news, isn't it? Uh, more retakes and emails coming. Uh, we will take a look at the uh, at the papers this morning, uh, and uh, I mean there are some some very interesting. Some very interesting stories in the papers. There's some very boring stories. I shall be watching the BHS one later on today. The only good thing about BHS was the canteen. Seven items for, like, £3.60 or whatever it had turned out to be. I thought that was actually quite good value. But 11,000 people, not good, could hear their fate. But I, I think that most people had seen the warning some time ago. Austin Reid will look out. Oh, here's a picture in the paper of... It's Kim Kardashian, who turned up to a, a pal's wedding. I mean, you know, as I've said before a million times, what in God's name do the Kardashians do? She doesn't do anything. She just turns up looking like a wreck. And they go, oh, Kim Kardashian's here. And we go, oh, whoopee-doo. How exciting. And she wore a diamond choker, said to be worth a million pounds. So she's obviously surrounded by bodyguards, but they are the most boring. Only in America could you have somebody so boring and so dull with a bum that big. Uh, What else do we have? The muddy disgrace. This is a barmaid assaulted by the sex offender called Harry Webb, said yesterday a judge's decision to lift the curfew so he can go to Glastonbury is a disgrace. Harry Webb, 21, was spared jail for attacking the woman whilst high on drink and drugs, but was on an 8pm to 6am curfew for three months as part of a suspended prison sentence. But the judges now lift it. 
lifted it so he uh, doesn't miss out on his family's Glastonbury jaunt. He's a pervert. I couldn't care less what's going on. Absolutely couldn't care less. I mean, this man shouldn't be allowed anywhere at all. And uh, it's awful. Apparently, the Webb family, and I'm, I'm getting a rough idea of what sort of family they are, are regulars at the festival, famous for its muddy fields. I mean, to be honest with you, I think they need to get their son in order. You know, he was high on drink and drugs. And they're regulars, are they? Well, I think Glastonbury should ban them immediately. I think absolutely. I mean, really, really ban them. Um, this is very odd. There's lots of stories in the papers about the, uh, about the state of motorway service food. This is not from the motorway services themselves, but from outlets. Um, outlets that, uh, that serve food. One of them being Subway. And what, what they've done is they've sort of been up there and they've sort of tested and they've discovered that their standards of hygiene are pretty low. Pretty low indeed. So we'll, we'll come back to that one a little bit later on. Also, former cage fighter Alex Reed, yawn, yawn, has been left penniless following his split from Katie Price. He's 40. You'd think at 40 the buffoon would have learned how to run his, uh, his finances. But no, he's as big an idiot now as he always was. He's planning a comeback bout in an effort to settle his whopping £400,000 debt. What sort of comeback, comeback would that be, darling? What would that be, a 20-quid fight? I don't think so. Nobody's interested in you. At the height of his fame, he lived in a two... Sorry, he lived in her £2 million house uh, with Katie. He now lives with his personal trainer, his fiancée, in her one-bedroom flat and can barely afford petrol to get to the gym. This is an old story from ages ago. He's bankrupt, isn't he? Because he couldn't put Petra in the car. And he's got a child. So obviously the child is starving because Alex Reed can't get out there and get a job. What, you're too famous, are you, love? Get out there and get a job. He's due to fight in London's O2 and he says, I've got no choice, I'm stony broke. Oh, you poor little dreary. Have you heard of going to the job centre? What do you mean you've got no choice? Stupid man, honestly. He also blames legal bills after breakups with Katie and Chantel Houghton, plus a property investment disaster. I think actually the disaster is you, Tom, isn't it, really? Why don't you go to the job centre today? Would that not be a good idea? Not be a good idea? We were advising George Best some time ago. Uh, George Best, we've advised, and uh, Paul Gazza Gascoigne. You know, go and get a proper job. Don't sit there sort of thinking on how it used to be, because those days are finished. But I'm assuming that Alex Reed's brain is about that the size of, you know, that. Very, very tiny. And so it's not going to work very well at all. And if you seriously that you're going to make that... Who's going to go to the O2 to watch, a, you know, a, a person like you fighting somebody we've never even heard of? Most people haven't even heard of you. You're only famous because you married two famous people. Oh, and you dressed as a woman. Perhaps you could make more money at that. I don't know. But why don't you go and get a proper job? Why do these people sit at home? It's like Kerry Katona. You know, oh, it's been a terrible year. That's when I went out and got drunk. Why don't you go and find a job, dear? Why do you find a job? You think, seriously believe that this sort of little, this little phase of being a little celebrity, Z-list and otherwise, is going to sort of provide money for the uh, foreseeable future? No, it's not. It's absolutely not. It's on the way out now for Kerry Katona. Her star faded ages and ages ago. Ages ago. Um, somebody else talking about, uh, isn't Bobby George dripping in jewellery? I don't know, it looks a bit cheap to me. I don't like to be rude about it, but to be honest, anybody who drips in jewellery like that, a bit girly. There's something the matter with it. Men dripping in jewellery. It doesn't quite look right, does it? Quite look right. Oh, look, here's the royal family doing nothing again. And uh, this is William, Harry and Kate. One, two, three of them. No, it can't be. No, it can't. no take it out of your mind. Take it out of your mind. Goodness sake, can't I say, what are you going on about? And anyway, here they all are doing nothing at all but uh, taking a selfie. 
I mean, I wouldn't mind. They are heading towards their 40s. Isn't Harry sort of heading up in that direction? Still can't find anybody to settle down with. Still can't be bothered to have a shave. Still hanging around with his brother. They must be going, oh, God, Harry's coming over again. Hi, yeah, pop over. He's coming over. He's got nothing to do. Credit a bonus is off with somebody else. Uh, yeah, hi, yeah. OK, Harry, really looking forward to seeing you. Billy, no, mate. And off he goes. Best picture I told you the other day was in the papers of the Obamas sitting down. Barack Obama, you know, head of America, boss man, talking to Prince William, knows nothing. I mean, what do you think Prince William was talking to him about? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. You know, I used to have hair. Now I don't have hair. Uh, my grandmother's got this kind of big place. Uh, we don't need to, like, work uh, because we're, like, royal. And, and, um, and that's it. And you have to, to bow to me because I'm like royal. And uh, this this is the wife. Don't laugh. Common family. And uh, they run a party planning thing. And, uh, oh, God, this is Harry. And so they sit down on the settee. There's one one side for the photo, one the other side. And Harry's in the middle talking to nobody. You'd think by now he might have realised, listen, they don't like you. OK? They don't like you. So now they put headbands on uh, because they're they're simple. They don't They don't have any... Because nobody's ever said anything to them before. They'll be horrified if they hear this programme. I could be in the tower by, the, by lunchtime. I could be, you know, they could be going off with his head, or, sorry, off with his head. I did watch the, uh, the thing, The Queen, the other day, uh, which I thought was brilliant, with Helen Mirren. It's very, very good, and it just looks at the aftermath of the death of Diana and how the Queen's sitting there and um, steadfastly refusing to come down. No, I'm not. I'm not coming down. And uh, Tony Blair, who pushed and pushed and pushed, and eventually... Eventually, she had to uh, to come down, and that kind of uh, redeemed them. Prince Charles said, well, I hope it's not too late. Well, we don't know whether these are actual conversations, but basically saying, you know, if you don't come down to London and put the flags at half-mast, half you're going to lose the British public. And I think she managed to turn it round, but it was a bit touch-and-go. As Charles said, let's hope, he said, as she went down there, it's not too late. Oh, they're going to do a tour de France. Um, and this is um, a new cycling reality show. Oh, God, why can't we have sort of a new reality death show or something like that? Make it more interesting for us. And this one, who have we dragged out to go on a cycle? It's based on the Tour de France, and it will see Victoria Pendleton train... Oh, God, I'm bored already. Train eight people to take on a gruelling course through the Pyrenees. What, cycling? Haven't they ever been on bicycles before? What do you mean, training them? So who have we got? Darren Goff. Poor Darren Goff, honestly. That's how, it, that's how little it's come to. Jodie Kidd. Lucy Mecklenburg. Oh, blimey, there'll be no conversation. Once they've realised how dim she is, she'll burst into tears at every... She's been on everything, hasn't she, really? And also Austin Healy. Hugo Taylor. Who? Hugo Taylor, apparently, was on the Chelsea programme. And Winter Olympics skeleton ace Amy Williams are being lined up. Two others have yet to be announced. For a Channel 5 show. I mean, put it this way, it's got Kiss of Death written over it, hasn't it? Lucy Mecklenburg and Channel 5. There's two reasons why you wouldn't be interested in that. Who on earth is interested in whether celebrities can cycle? I mean, nobody's remotely bothered. I say kids of three cycling. Not remotely bothered by watching, watching anything like that. It sounds so dull. They've obviously decided that it's so cheap to make reality shows that they can, they can just put them together. I tell you what, they're probably sitting there going, how about I've got it? Celebrity skipping. OK, we'll, we'll find somebody. Let's get Gemma Collins. She's not doing anything, ever. On the way to it, she'll never manage it, will she? She'll burst into tears. Uh, OK, let's find somebody fit. 
God, I can't think of anybody at all. There was some girl from Geordie Shaw, she's in the paper today, criticising the trolls who picked on her because she slept with somebody from On the Beach. I mean, it is like Tramp City, isn't it? That sex on the beach thing, or X on the beach. Geordie Shaw is like Tramp City. It's seriously, it's, I mean, you know, it's just the ugliest lot of people. And it turns out that those people who've sat there on the television and gone, you know, way out because I'm like a new person and I'm all this cat. They're still the same drunks that they were before. Can't change their spots, can they? Can't play, change their spots at all. Uh, 8850steve.lbc.co.uk. We'll put it all in for you this morning. And um, another one here. Uh, this is trying to get them all in. As I don't weave them all in, I should never get round to anything at all, actually. Uh, have you read this one, Steve? Uh, yes, we've already done it at the beginning of the programme. I don't know where these people come from. The programme starts at four. If you're not here at four, I'm not going to start rehashing the programme for you because you can't be bothered to wake up with an alarm clock. Go and buy an alarm clock, you wake up at four. We've already done the Deptford Thieves. It's a bit embarrassing, really, because they're pictured in all the papers today. Thieving. There could be a picture of some woman. If, if I, you know, had a mind, I'd have a picture of her blown up and had it plastered on every lamppost around Deptford to go, this woman thieves. This woman thieves. They actually took the runner's water. But not just one. They were taking packets of six of them. She was cramming them into something. What a thieving old tow rag. I think she needs to be named and shamed. She'll always say, oh, I thought it was for everybody. That's what she'll say. You what? By tomorrow morning, they'll have a name. They'll have a name. They really will, and that's what I'll look forward to. Uh, then we got a picture of Kylie Minogue with the with the perm. That was lovely. Um, what else do we have? Oh, I don't know, actually. It's finding, to, it's finding something that's uh, very interesting. They're doing all the story now of, uh, of Enya and how, you know, the strange life of Enya. They say she's worth more than Adele. So, it's a very lazy story. Very lazy story, because Enya's been around for ages. I can't remember if I've spoken to Enya. I can't remember. I think I might have done, but I can't remember. The things that you, you sort of try and remember afterwards. She's lovely. I love Enya's music. Absolutely love it. And so, why they get, they're sort of trying to make it... She lives in a castle full of cats, a fear of love, stalkers, songs sung in Tolkien, the strange life, they say, of the reclusive Enya. Well, she's entitled to do that, isn't she? Amanda Holden... Uh, I don't know what's going on with Amanda's face at the moment. I really I can't quite work that one out at all. And if Cheryl hadn't quit the X Factor, there'd be plenty of tension ahead this year. Her old foe, Louis Walsh, yeah, big up Louis, has been making some unpleasant remarks about her weight, which doesn't weigh anything. That's the trouble. Doesn't weigh anything. Uh, the judge who is uh, returning to the show after Nick Grimshaw was dropped uh, said of Cheryl's thin frame, does she go to restaurants? It looks like she doesn't eat much. Uh, Catty Louie, they say here, also revealed he'd prefer to work with Rita Ora, old old Scherzinger. You don't want to work with her, she's a bit needy. Nicole Scherzinger's very needy, don't go anywhere near her. Mad as a fruitcake. But uh, rather than Cheryl, uh, whose band he used to manage, he said, I'd love Nicole more than her. I think Rita was very good last year. I think she'd be great on the show. It's a safe bet that Cheryl is way past caring about Louie's opinion. Oh, no, 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 no. She's got the boyfriend at the moment, but don't worry, it won't last too long. He's only 22. Once he grows up and realises that he's going out with an old woman, it's going to finish. It's going to finish, and we're going to have tears and tantrums, and we'll all have to put up with it, and it's just going to be so tedious. It'll be so boring. And then she'll probably sell a story. But uh, she, she wants to go back to her roots. I don't know what that means, actually. She said she wants to go back to her music. But her last single peaked at number, what was it, 75 or something. Her last single was number 75. Give it up, love. Nobody's interested. Without that television exposure, you're doomed. 
You had the television exposure last time, and you were doomed, because at one point, didn't she get up on stage and start dancing with her act, and people went, oh my God, she can't dance either. Seriously, I mean, she's just... Because these people go out there, somebody like Louis Walsh says, right, you sing this song, this is what you're going to do, this is, we're going to bring in a choreographer, he will teach you the dance steps. She doesn't do anything like, she doesn't know, she's only, Cheryl, Cheryl, over here, love, stop, away from the mirror, take the mirror away, over here, love, okay, now we're dancing, okay, one step to the right, one step back, then two steps to the right, then pout, okay, then turn your body, okay, emphasising boobies, Okay, maybe we'll, we'll we'll drop the booby thing. Okay, back to the front again and pout again and finger up to mouth and, ooh, like that. Okay, and uh, okay, you got the job on Babe Station. There you go, sorted. We don't need to worry about it, do we? But uh, no musical career going on there. I don't think so. I mean, where are the fans for her? You know, they go, oh, she's got loads of fans. I see no evidence of this. Fourteen to five. Leading Britain's conversation. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Monday morning, 25th of April. Oh, God, don't you want to go back to bed? Don't you want to go back to bed? You do, actually. I know. You're sort of sitting there thinking, oh, I've got to get out of bed. And so you sit there on the edge of the bed. I don't. My alarm goes off. And I've, I've got this system now, and I wish I, I need to change it today because it's driving me mad, where I've got three alarms in the bedroom. And so and I, I, don't, I don't miss the alarm. Seriously, I, I wake up on the, on the first one. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 and it gets louder and louder and louder until it goes beep, 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 like that. So you just have to tap the top. They only cost a quid each. I got them from Poundland, so it's useful for something. And it's just a cheap little clock. So if it breaks, throw it away. It's a pound. Throw it away. Go and buy another one. So I've got three of those and one in the sitting room. And so I and I always forget this every morning. I always forget that I've set the one in the sitting room, uh, and they all, which seems to go off at the same time as all the other ones. So I automatically the alarm goes off. Beep, 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 beep. I won't go through it again because you've heard the impression. Beep, 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 beep. And then so I, so I get up, yeah, beep, 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 tap the top of them, get out of bed, make the bed, because I'm quite good at that. Um, and then I go to the bathroom, usual ablutions. As I'm in the bathroom, I can hear the other one in the sitting room. Beep, 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 beep. Because it sounds the same as the other ones, because it's the same clock. Beep, beep, beep. You notice the impression sounded exactly the same as the first ones. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, 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 beep. beep. It goes like that. And so I then have to sort of, you know, go running into the sitting room, uh, clutching the shaver. Turn the alarm off, go into the kitchen, put the coffee cup under the machine, push the button, back into the bathroom to finish off the wee that I was having before it went beep, 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 beep. No, sorry, beep, beep, beep. It's a bit higher than that. And uh, I think probably in China, they beep, 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 beep. They go quite high, some of them. But for a pound, what can, you know, and I've got them in different colours as well. Grey or black. And uh, so I then have to go back to the bathroom, finish off the wee, then come back again uh, with the shaver, because I'm still holding it, and then go into the kitchen and turn the coffee machine off, take the cup of coffee, sit in front of the television... Take my medication, because I'm quite good at that. I've got into a routine. I have the tablets sitting by the television. Bottle of water, take the tablets, turn on the, the television, turn on the news channel, check the news thing, see who's died. You know, see if it's another celebrity I need to mention. And uh, have a shave. And then approximately about half past one, because it's by this time, it's taken me that long to get to this this stage. About half past one, I then go, right, bathroom back again. So off we go to the bathroom for the shower and all the rest of it. And then get ready. And then the car arrives at around, sort of, you know, five past, quarter past, twenty past, half past, two. can be any of those times, incidentally. <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem to have any set time to actually arriving. In fact, it's always a revelation every day. They send me a little message going, car's on the way, I check on the map, and it's either 28 minutes away, which we discovered the other day, or failing that, they go, the car is three minutes away, in which case you've got to rush like mad. 
And uh, and so we sort of do that. And uh, then we come into town, and the first thing I do is make a cup of coffee, pick up the newspapers from downstairs. But I was early this morning, so the papers were in a little bit later. And uh, sit down, go through the papers, watch the Dancing Penguins, watch a little bit of Feet of Flames, Michael Flatley, and then Celtic, whatever it was, uh, which is very good. And then we watch something that makes me cry, and then I get a bit emotional about the whole thing. And then we type up the opening for the programme, then we come in and do the show. And so I don't have a chance to actually think in the morning. I'd love to. Years and years ago, I used to think, oh, the alarm is to go off. I'll just have five more minutes. But I promise you, when you get to a certain age, that five more minutes does not exist in your life. Because you think, no, if I go five more minutes, no, get up now, get up now, it's easier. You can always go to bed later. And today, as you know, I've got to go to the garage and get coolant put in, engine coolant, because the lights come on and it says put engine coolant in. And so I shall go to the garage and I shall get the, uh, the engine coolant done. And don't ask me why I can't do it myself, because I don't want to touch anything. I've decided under the bonnet is a taboo area. It's almost like guard dogs and, and wire and everything else. I don't go anywhere near things that the garage do. I can put air in the tyres and that is about as far as it goes. I can't change a tyre, don't want to change a tyre, I don't want to do anything to do with the engine, so I take it to the uh, to the experts. Uh, Harry, Kate and Wills, the Three Stooges, says Mick. Yes, I mean, I, to be honest with you, they are, they're, they're just getting a bit, uh, a bit boring, actually, aren't they now? Everywhere they go, they go as a threesome. Went to see ELO on Friday with my uh, pals. Yes, ELO are very good, says Johnny, absolutely amazing. Going again Tuesday with a sweet-talking woman. Then again in Manchester in June with a friend from Cheshire. You only live once, and they're my all-time favourite band. When April's credit card statement comes through, it'll be sent back, not known at this address. Again. Yes, it must be very expensive. I don't know how much tickets for concerts cost now. I've not paid for a concert ticket for ages and ages. Uh, So I'm assuming they're not cheap. Connor says, very cold weather on the way. You sure? Over the weekend, I put my winter clothes away and got my spring and summer clothes out. What is going on? They've said here... He says, I was looking forward to showing my six-pack. Oh, you've still got that, that can of lager, have you? He says, uh, I will be showing now how silly I look in summer clothes in the freezing cold. Yours not very happy. It is, they've said snow. They've said snow for this weekend. I hope not, because I'm having to drive all around. And uh, it's, it's not, it's not going to be a good day for driving down the motorway, I think, if I'm driving down in blinding snow. But that's what they've said. That's what they've said. It's very cold weather, snow, so get the the jumpers out, get your fleeces out, put them on. You don't want to freeze to death, and at least you heard it first. Uh, The camera cars that go around snapping your vehicles, um, are they... They're still in Luton. Are they banned? I don't know. I've got no idea, actually. I just know that the other day somebody was tweeting um, and saying that the police were in the Euston underpass snapping taxis for speeding, which actually I thought was very unusual because I thought they'd be snapping just about everybody uh, going through the tunnel. I don't think it's uh, it's certainly not against uh, uh, against taxis at all. Unless it's Uber, which people don't seem to like at the moment. Uh, Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Katie says, my family and I came to the Barmy Arms this afternoon. That was yesterday. And almost got the car stranded when the tide came in. I know, it comes in fairly fast because we're we're tidal. We are tidal. Um, Which I'm going (coughs) to... Thank you. And um, that's the start of a cold. No, I don't think so. Um, So, yeah, the tide comes in very fast. It does actually say... It does actually say that it's, um, it's going to be... It's going to be quite cold and it's going to be very wet. So if you do go down to Twickenham, just remember, have a, have, have a quick look. Have a quick look. And, uh, oh, good Lord, on Good Morning Britain, uh, guess who's actually joining them? That complete waste of space, Danielle Westbrook. 
And, um, oh, God, ropey as ever. What's she flogging? Uh, Piers Morgan said... Well, I, don't, I think Good Morning Britain tweeted this thing. I don't think it's come from anybody else. And, um, and so they say that uh, she's joining us to talk about probably how vacant her life is and how nothing's going on in it, really. Honestly, I don't know why they bother giving time to these people. It's like when you see Kerry Coke-Toner turning up on this morning, you think, oh, God, what rubbish is she flogging now? And the truth of the matter is most most companies don't want them anywhere near them. Daniela Westbrook, waste of time, complete waste of time. I'm a bit worried about Jeremy Clarkson. He's now spending six hours a day trying to find a name for the new show. How about Top Guys? Fairly simple. There you go. Thought of that in about five seconds. Uh, they can't think of anything, he says. They may need a title. The BBC can't sue over. Ah, oh, tell them to go do one. Tell them to do one. Not the BBC alike. One bunch of girls' blouses. Oh, you can't do that. It's BBC. BBC. We don't allow any advertising unless it's snooker, the marathon, or just about anything else we can think of. Used to get no end of free pugs and, uh, and publicity on Can't Cook, Won't Cook with dreadful old Ainsley Harriet, who turned up the other day on the telly. He turned up the other day, and what, look at the size doors on that car for the American president. Good God, that, those doors must be about a foot thick on his car. Never seen anything like it. Absolutely enormous. Absolutely enormous. Um, yeah, so, I mean, no, t- just tell him to stick it. Not a lot easier. And uh, we'd much rather watch, you know, much as it grieves me, Jeremy Clarkson and his team for the new Top Gear. Just call it Top Guys, Top Men. Call it anything like that. Don't even worry about it, because you are going to get the audience, and I don't think it's going to be Chris Evans. Uh, mainly because I think now that we've been told how much the uh, the programme costs, uh, £650,000 a programme, now you've seen how much the BBC wastes your money. So that's an instant turn-off straight away. Instant turn-off straight away. I'm not remotely interested. I am really not interested. Uh, RIP, CNA, Woolworths, Burton's, Menzies, British Home Stores. Who's next? Who's next, Steve? Um, Austin Reed could be next as well. Could be, could be next as well. We don't. I don't really know. Actually, at the moment, it's looking looking a little bit, a little bit worrying for British Home Stores. Eleven thousand employees. But to be honest with you, I don't know anybody who goes to British Home Stores anymore. I mean, who, who do they appeal to, and who is their market? That's who we. That's what we need to know, isn't it? Really, what the market is. And having been in the store on numerous occasions, I don't know what the market is. I really don't. I, f- I feel a little embarrassed for them. And what they're going to do with all the sites that they've got. If it turns into some of these sports places, because that's what we get nowadays, isn't it? It's sports shoe shops and places like Sports Direct where they're selling loads of trainers and plimsolls and bags and oversized mugs and footballs and shirts and that kind of stuff. Because people want to go around wearing sportswear. I don't know why. It's so chavvy. It really is. Anybody who goes around, as you know, wearing sports shirts and wearing sort of team shirts. It's like blokes on holiday. You see blokes coming towards you on holiday, the family, and the bloke's got a Chelsea shirt on or whatever else. You immediately go, chav. Because that's the sort of people who go around wearing it. Everybody else just goes on holiday. They, they sort of wear it when they go to matches. No, no, there's some people who wear it almost every day of the week. Every day of the week. Dave reckons uh, snow falling in Biggin Hill yesterday morning. We had sleet the day before. I didn't mind that, actually. Sleep was a bit OK. Snow's pretty. And uh, there's no reason why we uh, why we can't actually get it. Coming up, uh, the news at five on LBC. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Who's racing up the rich list? Should lonely Lolita be freed? When I tell you that Lolita is not a lady, well, I mean she's a lady, but she's uh, she's a whale. She's a killer whale. 
She's been in captivity for over 40 years, and everybody's saying she should be freed, and the people who, uh, who have her in their theme park are saying, but she wouldn't survive five minutes because she's fed. She doesn't actually have to look for food at all. If she actually had to go out there into the ocean, the chances are she'd probably either be killed uh, or she'd just die of natural causes. Uh, the Croydon Cat Killer, 150 victims across the country. And the women who decide what you wear in the summer. Having seen the shops, as I said yesterday, what a ghastly lot of fashion there is out there at the moment. I feel immensely sorry, ladies. On Leading Britain's conversation, this is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. It's Monday, the 25th of April. So, British Home Stores, the SOS is out, isn't it? And for Austin Reed as well, not looking promising. 11,000 could go at BHS. And Austin Reed, they say about 1,000. Uh, the perm is back in fashion. Um, the story about Prince, they say he was awake for six days. Well, he'd be doing that on tablets. Apparently there's now stories emanating that he had a sex dungeon and he liked whipping women. It's all going to come out, isn't it? I mean, as if anybody really cares. There was one woman who sold her story to the Sunday papers yesterday that she'd had sex in the lift in which he died. I felt immensely sorry for her things that had happened so many years ago. And those thieving little people of Deptford who stole water for the marathon runners. Disgraceful. The trouble is, there's no sort of... Uh, Onus on the water owners, are there really? They just say it's for people running. And if other people wanted to take it. This woman, pictured in the paper today, is loading up a trolley, a shopping trolley, with all the water, you thieving fat old bag. This woman should be... They should go round her house immediately. Somebody should dob her in and go, I know exactly who this is. She thieves all the time. You know, we should be finding out. I mean, fancy thieving water from the marathon runners, many of whom are running for charity to raise money for, for people who are terminally ill. And this woman thieves, openly thieves... Perhaps she sees it on the street. I remember seeing it one year. We had something in Battersea Park. And we were giving away chocolate bars. And there were some kids there. I won't tell you from which side of town they came, but the word feral springs to mind. And they were crawling under the canvas at the back of the tent and stealing boxes of chocolates. Seriously, unbelievable. People thieve everything. They really do. Uh, the filthy motorway restaurants in the health wrap. It's not the actual motorway service stations. It's the, it's the, uh, the little outlets that work round there. And uh, they've not done very well at all. Dirty, dirty places, we'll name and shame. Uh, the dentist, patients at risk from exploding drills. Drills that are bought uh, overseas. They're not up to the standard. They buy them because they're cheap. And there's a chance they could explode in your mouth. Dreary old Anthea Turner. God, blah, blah. she's written a book about divorce. Well, she'd know, wouldn't she? Let's face it. She's a bit of a failure in the, uh, in the department there. Over in Bournemouth. It's a little bit uh, disastrous because they've had part of a cliff collapse which has affected the uh, funicular railway. I don't think I've been on the funicular railway at Bournemouth, but uh, also destroyed a toilet block as part of, the, uh, part of the cliff just collapsed. It just sort of went whoosh and it took the toilet block with it. So I always think if you put anything on the top of a cliff, you're asking for trouble. And the funicular railway, they'll have to get all of that cleared. Luckily, the railway wasn't underneath it, as far as I can see. Council bosses have warned people to stay away. More slides are predicted, because if you get loads of rain, that makes the, the cliffs very dangerous. So you have to be very, very careful. More on uh, the fact there could be a tribute show to uh, Prince, presumably people being whipped on stage. And they've said here, Stevie Wonder, Elton John, Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift are wanted for the tribute concert. That means that none of them have said yes, so they've just put names in the in the papers. They've also said Tom Petty, Judith Hill and Sheena Easton. 
She, yeah, she did something with Prince, I'm pretty certain. Whether it involved the dungeon, I've got no idea. I find it quite bizarre, isn't it? When somebody dies, they immediately go, of course, he had a, a purple pain sex dungeon. And, uh, you know, people are into sort of various things nowadays, and I suppose a sex dungeon would be one of them. I mean, personally, I'm not sort of into anything like that at all. I want this on, on record. I'm not involved in a threesome or anything at all in the papers. I'm not, not trying to keep my name out of the papers. We did laugh the other day, didn't we, as Eamon Holmes and uh, Ruth... Uh, he obviously said, oh, should, should we pretend that we're, we're definitely not the threesome involved? I thought, thank the Lord for that one. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, also, the papers, the, the girl who was in the paper yesterday. This is um, a French beauty called Eglantine Flory Aguila. And uh, she's a model who Manchester United star Timothy What's-His-Face invited for a threesome. And she said she can score with the entire team. Uh, I thought she was a bit tacky yesterday. I didn't realise she's, uh, she's even worse than tacky. But she shared a night of passion with Mario Balotelli. And she says here, footballers are really easy to talk to. The younger they are, the more arrogant they will be. No, dear, and they probably buy you drinks and little presents and things like that. So, uh, you know, it's very exciting to see you in the papers, and I'm sure your parents are delighted with you and the way that your career's turned out. So, uh, well done you. Well done you. Uh, also, former Rebel MP Theresa Gorman left 2.8 million... And a plea to be the topless figurehead on a replica of Charles Darwin's ship, HMS Beagle. 2.8 million. That'll be the house, won't it? That'll be the house. Mostly it'll be the house. Uh, Madeleine McCann, her parents' battle with a former Portuguese police chief, could end up in the European Court of Human Rights. That's a bit of an old story. And uh, Amanda Holden, out with the old man. She went to see Everton at Wembley at the weekend. So that's good news. She obviously enjoys uh, that. And uh, the bad news is that JLS have been back in the studio. I don't know. I thought they only finished a short while ago. I love the idea that all these groups who finished due to lack of interest, and the reason that JLS finished is because the, uh, they just weren't selling records anymore. And so any record label that was going to put, put money into it then go, uh, listen, they're not selling anything. So now they're going back in the studio. Um, and apparently they've missed their studio sessions so much that they've been jamming. Jamming? Like what, like they were musicians or something like that? As opposed to sort of a little boy band who does a little hand signal. They're a bit old for that now, aren't they? Aren't they a bit old for that? And also, I don't think anybody's going to be interested. I don't think so. They've been jamming together. Like they all sit there strumming guitars and singing Kumbaya and stuff like that. Uh, Britain's Got Talent impressionist Craig Ball was approached to go on the show by a scouting agency... He's just bad drag here, and it's all terribly exciting. Not really. I mean, are any of these people going to appear in front of Her Majesty? No, of course they're not. Don't be silly. They have to think very carefully. Very, very carefully. Uh, lots of people telling me uh, about uh, Daniela Westbrook, and she's still not doing anything. And how much to go to see Michael Bolton on Thursday? Somebody says, I've just paid £93.50. Good grief. Is that an average price? That's obviously including booking fees and all the rest of it. Although, to be honest with you, I don't quite understand why you've got a booking fee on a ticket. You know, and then there's postage. I mean, some of them, it can add up quite, quite considerably. Quite considerably. And uh, Daniela Westbrook, sure to come up with a few uh, lines on this morning. I don't know, says Mick, if she's got anything to say. Well, she's never had anything to say. She hasn't had anything to say for ages and ages. Lovely. And da, 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 da. a lot of people telling me about how much you pay to go to uh, to see people in concert. It's I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Um, another one here. These big stores should stop getting celebs to sell their gear. Doesn't do anything in the long run. I don't know whether BHS has ever done that. I just think that BHS sort of fell out. Not with the British public. I don't think it was anything to do with falling out. I just thought they were old-fashioned. 
Woolworths went the same way. We weren't interested in Woolworths going. A couple of people tried to resurrect it, but that didn't work. And in the case of BHS, I've, I told you I've been in them on quite a quite a number of times, and they just don't have anything. There's nothing for women to wear out there at all. I don't know where you ladies get your fashion from nowadays. You probably get it from, from the television, don't you? From QVC and places like that where you can see things. Because we were trying to find something the other day. We went in and out of ladies' clothes shops, not for me, um, for a friend of mine, and she couldn't find anything. In fact, most of the clothes looked like they'd sort of come out of, I don't know where they came from, sweatshops somewhere. And they were just poor quality, poor printing, poor fabric. I mean, just really awful. And this is in the high street. It's, it's, it was just really disastrous. Lots of pictures of some poor creature's um, dress for her big fat gypsy wedding. And uh, the bride, 39. That must be a bit old for a gypsy wedding, isn't it? 39? He's 42. I mean, good Lord. Anyway, they say the dress costs 6,000 quid. Well, that'd be tax deductible. I don't know. I'll have to check on that one for you. She's five foot three, so the dress weighed more than her. And uh, it was covered in Shirovsky diamonds, so forget the 6,000 quid, because it makes her look a bit cheap. And her husband, who's called Kevin Smith, uh, had to wait for an over an hour as she put on the frock. And then they had the usual tacky wedding cake and the hummer and all the rest of it. And uh, she said, I was so excited for my big day. My entire life was leading up to that moment. You must be the oldest one that's ever been love at 39, or have you been rejected every other time? Dreadful. She said, I designed it with the help of a gypsy wedding dressmaker. It had eight big hoops, including one of metal. You designed it. God, what talent you've got, dear. How remarkable, honestly. Anyway, she fired two of the bridesmaids before they'd even got there. So, uh, usual, usual bunch of happiness. Well, at least the husband was there for the wedding. That makes a first, I suppose. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, here's a picture, picture of... Oh, scam meat. Scam meat. This is, um... A notorious man called Jakob Musa Yusuf. And uh, what this bloke did, he's a food fraudster. He's a food fraudster. Small wonder some of these places up on the motorway services are getting disgusting food. He supplied Indian restaurants with stolen meat flogged from the back of a rusting van. He's finally behind bars. Jakob Musa Yusuf raked in about 400 grand using cloned companies to pinch meat from farmers at auctions. He had the animals slaughtered in filthy conditions and beef and lamb carcasses were washed with water and bleach to make them look fresh. The cheat lied to Muslim business owners that the animals had been slaughtered under halal and, of course, they won't because he was a bent crook. Here he is, Yakub Musa Yusuf. What have we got a family? They must be absolutely distraught. Described in court as Britain's most notorious food fraud criminal. You've got to be careful when you go to these restaurants because you don't know where they've got their food from. As I say, the indicator is if you go past a restaurant and it's empty, don't go within a mile of it. Because if they're empty and you go in there, where do you think the food's come from? <laughs> think on, think on. Got to be very careful on these things. Uh, there's also the other story. You might disagree with me on this one. I'll tell you about it in a moment. It's about uh, a man called John Osmond. John Osmond has been banned from Weatherspoons. You might have heard the story. If you haven't, I shall tell you about it in a in a moment. And uh, and you might, you know, you might side with him. Or on the other hand, you might side with me. He's trying to get Weatherspoons to serve him. And they won't. But there's a very good reason for it. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, which put all your texts and uh, emails into the system. And uh, we shall 
I shall try and keep the programme going till 6.30. Don't forget, every day we have a free podcast for you. And if you go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk, you can download the free app, which means you can always listen to LBC, and it will send the programme to your phone or tablet, or whatever you've got, your device, every day. So you get the free podcast, and then there's the paid-for podcast as well, which means you can download everything on LBC from as little as £2 a month. Time check for you. I know you're worrying about it, because you've got to get ready. Come on, take the radio to the bathroom with you. It makes it easier. Quarter past five. Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from seven. Only on LBC. Look at the team this morning. Coming up, as President Obama warns, Britain will go to the back of the queue for trade deal negotiations if we left the EU. Nick will be asking... If the leader of the free world has managed to sway your vote either way. With 11,000 jobs at risk at BHS, what does the future hold for one of Britain's best-loved stores? And find out why Big Ben is set to be silenced. That's Nick Ferrari. This morning from 7 after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. I don't know what we do about British home stores, but I mean, I don't think it is one of Britain's best-loved. That's the reason, the fact it isn't best-loved. That's why it's going to close. I mean, they've already they've already lost out, I think, on a £60 million loan they were trying to get to secure the business, and they've lost that. So I don't see very much hope for it. I just see the doors being locked and, uh, and the staff then having to fight to get their wages because if there's no money coming in, who's going to get paid? Nobody. 11,000 people could be out of work. People who probably worked there for years and years and years thinking that if you're with a big company like that, it's going to be safe. Well, it turns out not to be, doesn't it? It turns out not to be. Anyway, let me just tell you this story about John Osmond. Uh, John Osmond has been barred by Weatherspoons, And you might think to yourself, well, that's a bit disgraceful, isn't it? Uh, let me tell you, he's dying. OK, he's battling liver and colon cancer. And uh, they've said, listen, you can come in, but we're not serving you alcohol. We're only going to serve, which seems very responsible to me. Very, very responsible. He's already collapsed twice out with his friends. Um... He claims that the incident happened because he'd been left weak by chemotherapy treatment. And the bosses at Weatherspoons uh, in West Croydon have made the decision after nurses in the pub said that John should not be boozing while having chemo. I absolutely agree. I'm absolutely 100, 200, 500 percent behind Weatherspoons. This man is dying. They don't want somebody standing at their bar who's on chemo having alcohol who might collapse in their bar. And then how many people would be crawling out of the woodwork and saying, well, how irresponsible of Weatherspoon. So they've been very, very responsible by saying, we, you can come in, but you're only having soft drinks. Now, you know, he says I'm dying. Well, sit at home and drink then. Sit at home and drink. They don't want you dying in their bar. Thank you very much indeed. And now we've seen a picture of you. I should imagine everybody is exactly the same. He says, I don't think having cancer should prevent you from being able to have a quiet drink with your friends. You're on chemo. Why do you have to explain to some people? It's so straightforward, isn't it? Having chemo, don't touch alcohol. It's, it's very simple. You want to kill yourself, you know, quicker, well, then sit at home and get yourself completely blathered. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. All they're trying to do is, is be good to you. And you've thrown it back in their face. What an ungrateful person you must be. Terrible. Weatherspoon says he's welcome at any time. However, we will only serve him non-alcoholic drinks. John said, I'll find somewhere new. I accept it's not ideal when I collapse. Stupid man. I'm hoping that every landlord in Croydon has seen a picture of this bloke. And when he goes in there, it says, we're not serving you either. Because somebody somewhere, if he drinks alcohol, he could collapse in your bar and die in your bar. And that's not exactly going to be great news, is it? Not going to be good news. So I think well done, Weatherspoons. Because they've decided to be very, very responsible. And they've, uh, and they've sort of said, no, you can drink. 
but you uh, you can't have any alcohol. You can drink soft drinks. And he's going, well, I should find somewhere else to drink. You know, obviously being the arrogant person that he is. I mean, I find it very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. But good on Weatherspoons. Finally, a pub who makes the right decision. Let's face it, so many times they make uh, the wrong decision, don't they? Uh, so, did Prince go pill-popping? Did he really survive 154 hours without sleep? I don't know. I don't pop pills, you know. To, years ago, it was Purple Hearts. And Purple Hearts would keep you awake. And so people would go on, you know, three-day binges and everything else. And so now they're saying in his last final days, he was popping pills. And so that's why he collapsed in the lift. Uh, he's been cremated already. So they must have done the autopsy. And then they released his, his body for cremation. And so he's been cremated. We had the pictures in the papers yesterday. And I suppose in about well, two to three weeks' time, could be as much as four weeks' time, you will hear the result of that. And they will then find out exactly what it was that killed him. And it could have been the amount of tablets that he was popping. Who knows? Uh, the lights have almost gone, but not quite gone out. The crisis on the high street as BHS struggles. Uh, they think they will call in the administrators today. What the 11,000 uh, staff are going to do, I've got no idea. Their pensions black hole has got £571 million shortfall in it. That's the size of their black hole, £571 million. So, consequently, if somebody takes it over, they're going to have to sort of top that up again. So, in other words, all the people who've been there, they now don't have the £571 million either. So that's not particularly brilliant, is it? Not particularly brilliant. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, this is uh, people racing in the London Marathon. I think it's nice that you get ordinary people in the marathon, but then you get the professional side, don't you? You get the people who do, um, who do go there and they, they are running professionally. And they're paid. I think many of them are actually paid. Good God, that's an old picture, isn't it? Who's that a picture of? Oh, this is uh, Chips. This is um, the Californian Highway Patrolman, Ponch and John. Uh, the two stars got together again. Uh, it's very interesting. Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox. Eric Estrada is 67. Larry Wilcox is 68. And uh, I used to love chips. Californian Highway Patrol. And so they're now going to make a new one with Michael Penner as Ponch and Dak Shepard as John. And the fans are lining up and revved up for the August release. No, they're not. Don't be silly. They're just sort of... They'll watch it with great interest. But those of us of a certain age who remember the programme first time round will say it was a great little programme. California Highway Patrol. They, you know, they were good-looking. It was, it was fun. And then we've read stories about Eric Estrada, which weren't particularly good. And, uh, and now you look at them and you tend to, you know... I tend to feel a bit sorry, actually, but we've all done the same, haven't we? We've all aged... We've all aged as we sort of go through our life. We age. Uh, Steve, uh, ladies' fashion, all made abroad. Uh, but expensive. Expensive stuff. BHS is quality, says Maggie. Uh, well, it's not. That's the trouble. That's why they can't sell the place. They can't sell it. I'm sorry. You're, you're absolutely wrong on that one. In fact, you know, it might have gone from being everybody's favourite place to the place that people avoid, like the plague. And uh, it's not quality. It's not, I don't know what they're going to do with it. They can't sell it. It was offloaded by Philip Green. If he can't make it work for a quid, then uh, there's no hope whatsoever. So not, not quality anymore. People prefer to buy off the television. You can see the quality of the clothing. You can see it's uh, all good. I mean, 90% of fashion is made abroad. So uh, it'd be ridiculous to say that all QVC stuff is made abroad because it's not. Most of it, there's a lot of it that's made in this country. A lot of it made in, uh, in small places. But they, they get the best stuff. They get the best stuff. In fact, I'm surprised that QVC haven't even thought about opening up an outlet. 
and having a shop, you know. So the stuff you see on the television, you can see it in the shops. Because once they sell it out on the on the telly, they don't uh, they don't end up with uh, it anymore. So you've got to buy it quickly, which I always think is quite a clever way of doing it, really. And uh, I enjoy watching it. Lots of ladies I know, lots of ladies, they buy from uh, from QVC. Uh, apparently, says Les, in the 70s, it cost me three quid to see Diana Ross and the Supremes. Outrageous money, isn't it? Three quid. Three pounds to go and see Diana Ross. Actually, it would have been, uh, would have been good, I would have thought, to see Diana Ross. I should imagine, I should imagine you, you probably would have actually, um, you probably would have got a whole show, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just have got Diana Ross and the Supremes. There would have been some sort of backup uh, group. I don't know who it would have been, Four Tops or something like that. Uh, I see the Pedigree Chum Factory is closing down. They've called in the Retrievers. OK, thank you. Doesn't help BHS, does it, really, this morning? And all the people who work there, I don't know what they're going to be told. Uh, I really, I really don't know, actually. Uh, also, the filthy motorway uh, restaurants in the health wrap. Uh, the service station restaurants are dirtier in the southeast than the rest of Britain. Five of the 23 stops in the southeast failed to get the Food Standard Agency's good rating after tests in the past 18 months. This is compared to five of 69 in the rest of Britain. Reports showed meatballs at a subway in South Mims in Hertfordshire on the M25 were not kept warm enough, and the poor system for washing fruit and vegetables at the Welcome Break-owned station's Tost chain meant there was a risk of E. coli. Both firms said the issues raised in June have been dealt with. Welcome Break said food hygiene is of paramount importance. If only it was to the staff who worked in these places. You know, you go in there, the staff, they couldn't care. Why would they bother? Why would they care about hygiene? They're not bothered about hygiene. It comes down to the managers, and they don't seem to be particularly bothered in a lot of places either. You see some most filthy, dirty places out there. Really terrible. Really, really terrible. You just have to be very careful. Really very, very careful. But uh, that's just my advice. I'm sure that you'll be noting things like that. The bad tooth fakes, which means that the dentist could be drilling and then the drill could expo- explode inside your mouth. That sounds a bit dangerous, doesn't it? Because they have to go and buy these things. And uh, what was the other one, actually? Um, the other story they were coming up with was um, store vows, I'll be quiet. A shop which is aiming to help autistic customers troubled by noise is having a quiet hour. This is the Asda Living Store and the escalators, music and TVs are going to be turned off from 6am on May the 7th. Disabled customers and those with autism will also be giving a pictorial map of the store in Cheetham Hill in Manchester. The manager, Simon Lee, devised the quiet hour after seeing an autistic boy becoming upset. Nice thing to do, isn't it? Nice thing to There'll be other people going in and going, why is it so quiet? They go, because it, it affects a lot of other people and they don't want to be affected by it. So uh, he's going to do it. It's only for a little while. It's only a quiet hour, which was good. Joe in Bromley says, when I had chemo, it was hard enough to keep down water, let alone alcohol. I know, this man's so ungrateful, so ungrateful. Oh, I'm dying and they won't serve me alcohol. No, because you've collapsed twice. They're doing you a favour. Why can't people see that? Why can people not understand? Oh, Anthea Dreary-Turner. She wants to help other women cope with divorce. Oh, interfering old baggage. Honestly, seriously, I get so bored with Anthea Turner. You know, her life is so unperfect, as you recall. You know, but she can fold a towel. She used to be with Grant Bovey, and she used to be with somebody else, and then she's been with somebody else. And then, you so she's written a book about divorce. She goes, you need to know the light is on at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's all right if you live in a £5 million house, isn't it? And you look down sneeringly on people, dear. Don't patronise people. It's very embarrassing. You can't even hold your own life together. Why on earth anybody be buying a book? you know, written by somebody like you. She describes 
the, expi- uh, the experience in splitting from bankrupt husband Grant Bovey, driving her to write a book. She says the whole process as a slave journey. Women need assistance. Not from you, dear. They really don't need assistance from you. From an expert, yes. Not from an amateur, OK? So if you want expert advice, you go see an expert. You don't go to somebody who lives in a £5 million house, you know, all this sort of bankruptcy thing. Is she really living on Poverty Street? I think not. I think not. Usual patronising Anthea Turner kind of uh, garbage, I'm afraid. So uh, I felt like a slave, she says. God, honestly, how the other half live? It's so dreary. No doubt they'll be putting her on the television with Daniela Westbrook. Perhaps they'll go both sit there and moan together. It's, uh 4.30 it is. No, 5.30. I can't even tell the time now. 5.30, LBC News Time, with the headlines, Lisa Aziz. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. Monday morning. Kevin's off to Sky News, so that's good news. Uh, of course, actually, it's quite good for you, Kevin. You're going Sky News that way, and uh, Daniela Westbrook's going the other way. Right over there. Right over there. Uh, Austin says, Dinah Ross, 1975, £7.50 in the stalls. Victoria Theatre, totally amazing. Two-hour show. Those were the days, weren't they? £7.50. Now what are people paying hundreds of... The most expensive place to go to shows, I've found, was Vegas. Vegas is terribly expensive. Nothing to spend two, three $300 on a, on a show ticket. But mind you, it is Vegas. And if you're going there and you've won a little bit of money, that's good, actually. Anyway, here's uh, still dreary old Anthea. She wants to help you poor people out there uh, cope with divorce. She's now going out with a, uh, a former banker who she met through Mutual Friends... You can't imagine who her friends are, can you, really? She was always patronising Anthea. Or was she Princess Tippy-toes, according to Eamon Holmes? Uh, but anyway, she was going out. She confirmed she is now seeing him. She said, it's taken a couple of years to get into dating, but I've had to hold my nose and jump right back in. She's in some sort of do-lally land, isn't it? It's all fluffy lollipops and clouds and stuff like that. But apparently, Grant, Grant Bovey, she couldn't cope with, uh, despite his alleged affair and money problems. Doesn't seem to have affected her too much, does it, really? Uh, it's a bit like Gary Lineker. I'll do match of the day in my undies. Would they not be called pants, actually, Gary? Unless, of course, you are really cross-dressing now. If Leicester do win the title, I'll be working on my tan. He was with that um, that Danielle Bucks creature who's pictured this week in a bath, in an outdoor bath. I don't know why, actually. Must be very odd, mustn't it? But uh, anyway, I did watch Gary. He's now grown some little, some sort of strange little beard thing. Very odd. Uh, who's this? Alexandra Burke, size 14. 11 stone, £4. But now she's a size 8 to 10 and in love. It's great, isn't it? When people lose the weight, then they go, I'm in love as well. So that, so they tell you what, what people had for breakfast and then what they didn't have. Oh, she's uh, she's advertising a diet. Sorry, and uh, sorry, we have to move away from you. If you're advertising a diet, you're a paid person. And uh, I'm sorry, Alexandra, that goes against all my ethics. All my ethics. I don't go for, for people who get paid for something. And they go, oh, look, I've lost this weight. It's because you were paid to do it. So we don't like that at all. OK, thank you. Uh, Steve, I've just sung the theme from Chips all the way into work. Didn't know there was a theme for, from Chips. A theme from Chips? Didn't even know there was that, actually. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, Obama. It was impressive in Regent's Park with the helicopters coming in. It was impressive. You suddenly realise, and a friend of mine was with, he said, well, you know, he is the man you know, for whom there would be maximum security. They'd be the same, actually, if it was uh, if it was Putin coming over here. But to see these helicopters, four of them, how they all landed on the garden, I've got no idea. You can imagine the ambassador's wife going, they've ruined the lawn, they've ruined the... And they kept the motors going. So I'm assuming, you know, the, the blades were still turning. It must have cost a fortune in petrol. But they don't seem to worry about things like that, do they? They just go through the president and then he'd have a quick trip over. But to watch the noise... 
The noise was absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, more pictures of the, uh, the thieving folk of Deptford. Thieving water. Literally fighting among themselves to thieve the water. I'm surprised nobody was there going, excuse me, this is for the runners. Get your filthy hands off it. Very annoying. Very annoying. Uh, Kylie and her perm. It's amazing. Anything Kylie does, we get excited about, don't we? we go, Kylie Minogue. Grown an inch. Nope. She's had a perm. And uh, actually, it's nice. But she had a perm years and years ago when she was with Jason Donovan. And uh, nobody ever thought that it was it was particularly unusual because in those days, perms were the way of making your hair look a little bit more. And so it looks nice. And I, th- I think she's had trouble with her hair in the past, not knowing what fashion style to use, what this. And so with, with a perm, it's wash and go, isn't it? You literally wash it. And you leave it. I sometimes see people sitting on the train in the morning and they've got wet hair or damp hair. Not because it's raining, it's because they've literally got out of the shower and they let it dry and then it's supposed to let it dry naturally. I thought actually people would want to sit on the train, but there again you get some very dirty people on the train now who sit there doing their makeup and doing their hair and I mean I'm surprised nobody's taken on a portable shower. Merely time, merely time. Twenty five to six and here's North Korea saying its latest missile test provided one more means for a nuclear attack. This is Kim Jong-Ugly-un inspecting the underwater test firing of a ballistic missile on Saturday. He really is peculiar. Do you think he goes on visits outside of the country? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Prefers to keep them, you know, right under the thumb, all the people there. Many living in abject poverty, but of course, why should he worry? He's fat boy fat. He's currently enjoying... All the food that he can possibly muster. And he likes his clothes from other countries and still manages to look like a complete and utter wreck. Uh, The Queen's party planner uh, is Lady Elizabeth Anson. She's 74. She's planned the Queen's events for the last 50 years and has said that if all the dull guests are at the same table, they won't realise that they're boring. Uh, so that's what it is. The, the secret for a successful event, sitting all the bores next to each other. So if you're sitting on a table at one of her events and, uh, and she looks good for 74, does Elizabeth, uh, Anson, that is, as opposed to Her Majesty, who also looks pretty good for 90. And so if you're sitting at a table and some pretty dull people, the chances are they think you're dull as well. But, uh, here we go. Uh, she says, good people are better than good food. And sausage and mash can be better than lobster and caviar if you've got the right guess. Because I know that um, I read a report, was it yesterday in the paper, that Richard Branson's uh, Necker Island chef uh, does simple food, like fruit salad with, uh, with, a, with a creme anglaise or something, which is just, you know, like a creme fraiche kind of thing, sort of, you know, sort of. And, uh, and also shepherd's pie they do, cottage pie, all the sort of stuff. If, if ever you go to posh restaurants now... It's not unusual to find liver and bacon and sausage and mash with onion gravy because posh people go, oh, yeah, it's amazing having sausages. Sausages and mash, like Nanny used to make. And they have this sort of stuff. People like it. People like it. But we just used to call it normal food. Nowadays, it's called posh. So if you go to a dinner party and they've got... We had a, we had a, a party at LBC some years ago and all the food was in miniature. Miniature fish and chips, miniature sausage and chips, which was like, you know, little cocktail sausages with about three chips in a little cone. And uh, what else there was? Miniature cottage pie. Everything was in miniature, which I quite liked, actually. I think that every restaurant you go to now, all their desserts should be in miniature. And the reason they, they should all be in miniature is because then you can eat all of them. You could just have a little mouthful of each one, as opposed to, you know, you might not want a whole strawberry and rhubarb crumble. With, with custard. Yeah, you would. We know you, but that's why you're the size you are. That's why you're that size. 
you know, then he goes back to Australia and his mum goes, I think you need to lose a little bit of weight, mate. You know, just a little bit. Because it's very easy to put on weight in this day and age because we're all eating rubbish food. I'm, I'm as guilty. I'm at the forefront of eating rubbish food. Although I'm, I'm trying to be good, but, you know, to be brutally honest with you, you know, I crave, you know, a nice crispy bacon roll this morning. A soft, crusty fridge. Oh, sounds delicious, doesn't it? But I won't have it. I just like to talk. I always think if I talk about it, it makes me feel as though I've had it. And that way it gets a little bit better. I've got to start sorting out the, uh, the, uh, the patio, haven't we? I've got to start sorting out the, the plants and all the things that we're going to be putting on there. And uh, what our colour theme is going to be this year. And to be honest with you, I've got no idea what the colour theme is. I think it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be... Um, I think it, What do I think it's going to be? I think we're going to go geraniums again. Because geraniums can practically last for a, for a drought. They are the hardy plant, and when, when the, the head starts going a bit bit manky, you just break it off and the thing will grow another one. It's, they're, they're very good. And I think it might be purple verbena, which spreads and is a lot better than using uh, anything like lobelia, which is very pretty, but it's the first thing to die as the summer comes to an end, and I don't know what the weather's going to be like. So I think it's going to be purple verbena and bright red geraniums, upright and trailing. I think. And that will be the theme for this year. And en masse, it looks lovely. And then the hanging baskets and just go as mad as they like. I couldn't really care less, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Somebody says, Daniela Westbrook, can you tell me what she does? No idea. No, oh, sorry. Uh, no idea. No idea. And for the Queen this year, uh, Paul Cooper thinks that we're going to go red, white and blue. I think so. The trouble is it's the blue that's the problem, isn't it, Paul? The blue can be lobelia. And I'm not wild about, oh, perhaps I might have to go Lobelia this year. I don't know. Depends how long the summer lasts. It, that, is, that is the big problem. How long is summer going to last? And the answer is I've got no idea. No idea. We can be a washout. This weekend, I mean, I nearly bought a few things the other day. And I looked and I thought, no, leave it a little bit. Leave it a little bit, because I think, really, it's getting to that stage where if they're going to bring in an icy blast this weekend, it's going to kill off lots of plants. The, uh, the garden centres can't wait to get the plants out because they want you to buy them. But the advice is keep, keep them covered. Keep them covered. Because they, uh, they, have to, they have to sort of protect them. When they're only little tiny plants and little plugs, that, that chances are they might not survive a frost. So be careful. But red, white and blue I think we could go for this year. Why not? Red, white and blue. That could be uh, very interesting. Apparently, somebody sent me now, thank you very much indeed, the Chips Season extended theme song. I do love the theme song. It's, this is only for parents with young children, for Little Einsteins. The, it's the Disney uh, cartoon. They used to show it on the television on a Saturday morning, and I only used to like it with a theme tune, so I went on to, to the internet, an absolute delight as far as I'm concerned. And you go to YouTube and you type in Little Einsteins, and it's got the theme tune from all around the world, and it's the most pretty piece of music. You think to yourself, somebody wrote that piece of music. How clever is that? I've never written anything at all. Uh, very interesting what you were saying about ladies' uh, fashion. Yes. Uh, I think it's very poor. I think you're very poorly served out there. Very, very poorly served. I've never seen so much tat in uh, in the stores. And that's literally all the way, you know, from Marks and Spencers all the way down through it. Very difficult. You know, if you're going to buy a hat or a tailored suit, it's probably fine, Marks and Spencers. But if you're looking for something laughingly called fashion, that would not be the place that you'd be going to. Most people seem to be on a budget, so it appears to be Primark. Uh, British home stores, I don't see people going either in or out of, unless they go in and then they vanish. Because uh, that's looking ever more likely that they're going to close the doors. Uh, they can't sell it. 
Nobody appears to be interested in taking all of it on. There's a huge shortfall in their pension fund of about £571 million. Philip Green offloaded it for a quid. Probably the best thing he ever did, I should imagine. Don't want to be stuck with that. But 11,000 staff. 11,000 staff. What are they going to do? Where are they going to go? There aren't exactly places opening up on the internet, are there? Places in the high street. The only places opening on the high street are coffee bars. And they don't take anybody British at all. They're taking Polish. I don't think in any of our coffee bars, and I'm going through them, in my mind, where I am in Twickenham, there's anybody British working in there. It's all Polish girls, you know, who smile. Look, mind you, the British always look miserable, don't they? What do you want? Uh, can I have a cup? Oh, God. What do you want? Um, cup of... Um, I don't... A cup of... Uh, what do you want? That's the British people, isn't it? The other thing is, look, we're, we're closing in 15 minutes. You want to make up your mind and do some shopping or not? You know, whereas everybody else just stays open. You know, the Polish girls, they're always smiling because they're very happy because they're earning three times what they'd earn in Poland or Romania or wherever. Oh, we've just kicked Romania out, haven't we, of the Eurovision Song Contest. They hadn't paid their bills. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. So the crisis on the high street, not so good. Uh, The sex pest who's been allowed to go to Glastonbury because his family go every year. And they've gone, oh, they go every year so you can go. He's, uh, he's, He's not just a sex pest, he's a rapist. And uh, to be honest with you, if I was running Glastonbury, I'd make sure that we saw the family went, no, sorry, no, he's out. The rest of you can come in, we're not interested in him at all. Uh, how to get a facelift from your fridge. And that's not the obvious one, lie on the ground and let the fridge fall on top of you. No, this is yoghurt. Apparently yoghurt's very good for a facelift. The bag you are not allowed to buy because you're common. And it's only if you're rich. But if you're rich and common, that's OK. As long as you're rich, you can buy this bag. So they sent people out to see if they could get hold of it. And it's one of these snooty bags. You know, they sort of make it appealing. In other words, there'll be copies of it in markets, the length and breadth of the land. But, uh, oh, is that that bloke in space still? Didn't he start the... I'm so bored with him already. So he's in space. He's in an aircraft hangar in Biggleswade. All right, don't try and pretend he's up in space. He's in Biggleswade. And he goes, yeah, I start the... Marathon. And we all go, yeah. I did think it was good, but it's the professional runners, isn't it? It's the people who get out there and do the marathon and they, they go there. Sounds lovely, actually. British Home Store says, Dean, no surprise, not been in there in years. Nobody's been in there. Nobody's been. That's why, that's why it's, it's just not doing well. It's a staff you feel sorry for. Where are they going to go? Goodness sake. Just joining the morning spike, Steve. I think a little bit later, quarter to six, Maria. My son's having an operation this morning at the Royal Free. Feeling a little anxious. Uh, Daniel is 14. He's very brave. He's 14. They're way braver than we are. Goodness sake. They're very hardy at 14. Goodness sake. And she says, I am a faithful podcaster. Well, so you say. Send money. OK. We, we, we only, only if you're... A, I can check the list, actually. Um, somebody says here, talking about clothes that, uh, that fit nicely and aren't astronomically priced. Um, I don't know why ladies don't open up their own shop or start making their own clothes, which they used to years ago. Nowadays, you know, people tend not to do things like that, which is a, which is a shame. So people go out and they buy what they call disposable fashion, which is you go to Primark and for 50 quid to 100 quid, you can fill up one of their little baskets and you can come away. And it's for people of a certain age, you know, and I'm assuming that Marks and Spencers is for people of a certain age as well. It's all different, isn't it? Everybody is different. They go out there, they want to buy certain things, and you've got a budget for it. You're going out to buy a hat for a wedding. You don't want to spend any more than 50 quid on a hat, do you? So there are hats that are made for that sort of price. Everything's made for a market. And I don't think that British home stores actually knew what their market was. It seemed to be a a horrible sort of 
mishmash inside and didn't seem to fit any particular genre. I, I sort of looked at the people. I thought at one time you went British home stores to buy lighting. They used to have a very good lighting department. Uh, and they still have. It's just that, you know, you want, you want a little bit more. Uh, complete chaos. Says Juliet, who's in uh, Perth. Good day, Juliet. Uh, she's in Perth in South Australia. Is that South, uh, South Australia? West Australia. OK, all right. I don't know everything. I've never been there. And she says, uh, the internet dropped out, so I couldn't listen to you via the website. My daughter and husband have been panicking, running around the place, and have thankfully managed to reconnect it, as apparently I've become very grumpy if I don't get my Steve Allen fix. Well, the time check for you, not much use to you, I realise, in Western Australia, Juliet, but over here it's 14 to 6. Leading Britain's conversation, LBC, with Steve Allen. Morning, every Monday, the 25th of April. There'll be many of you waking up going, oh, my bones, oh, my legs, my feet, everything aches if you did the marathon. If you didn't do the marathon, you're probably feeling still in exactly the same way as everybody else. But uh, well done, everybody. It was it was very, very inspiring to watch. It really was. I mean, you know, by the time they'd done it to Bowie's heroes, and they were heroes. I thought so. If you, you know, if you could run that far, I couldn't do that. So you can do it, you know, ten times better than I can. And if you raise money for charity at the same time, then uh, then good for you. And I thought it was it was good. I mean, there were loads of people running around the park yesterday. They were mainly security at Regent's Park for Barack Obama. But I thought that was the most exciting thing. I really did. Noreen says, we booked two shows yesterday. The Solid Silver again in Woking. The one with Peter Noon, ex of uh, Herman's Hermits. Dave Berry, Brian Highland. And uh, Sunny Afternoon. Both cost around 70 quid for two I'd love to know what I paid to see the Beatles in 1963. I wouldn't like to even hazard a guess, unless anybody else can hazard a guess at what uh, at what you would pay for something way back in 19, 1963. The Beatles, what would they have gone out for? Two and sixpence? Two and six, be people going, what's two and sixpence? And I'm going, oh, there'll be many people listening going, I know exactly what two and sixpence is nowadays. Uh, the elderly put at risk, uh, the papers say, is care home shut in cash crisis. I've never, I've, seriously, how a care home can shut, I've got no idea. A friend of mine's got his mother in a care home. It's costing a, a severe arm and a leg. A severe arm and a leg. It's, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. And that's what happens, isn't it? People get put into homes because people don't take in elderly people in this country. Other countries do. We tend not to do it. We tend to shove our elderly in care homes if they need some sort of medical attention. And, uh, and then we have to sell their place to pay for the time that they're in there. And as we discovered the other day, the trouble is once your parent goes in there or, you know, brother or sister or whoever it happens to be, you don't know how long they're going to live. And I know it becomes terribly mercenary with people saying, you know, my mother's 98, you know, and this is costing more than a thousand pounds a week, you know, 48,000 pounds a year. If you don't have a property to sell, where are you supposed to find that money from? If they have any savings, that gets used up very, very quickly. And if they don't have any savings, trying to get government funding for it is like sort of trying to literally drag blood out of a stone. It's the most terrible thing. It really is. Uh, the flats at TV Centre apparently all sold out within five hours. I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't like to imagine what the service charge is on those. That's the thing you've always got to worry about. Buy a flat. How much is the service charge? Because uh, I should imagine at TV Centre. They're all over the place. You cannot move. Office blocks that were sitting there. You know, empty for years. Now, all of a sudden, somebody goes in, whoosh, 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 cover it all. I mean, I've noticed coming up from here. Where are we now? Yes, in Leicester Square, just up the road from here, there's the Hippodrome. Very famous. It's now a casino and uh, they've got a restaurant there and they've got a little theatre inside. But just up from the Hippodrome, heading towards Tottenham Court Road, all the buildings on the left hand side are all boarded up. 
all boarded up because presumably somebody's going to be putting in flats right in the centre of London. Knightsbridge, very big, very posh. Before you get to the Mandarin Oriental, it used to have the, uh, the Knightsbridge Spaghetti House, which was the subject of that siege all those years ago. And all the buildings along that side, they're all boarded up as well. The landlords have decided, what are we going to do with them? Do them up, put in flats. Everything in flats. Uh, but just remember... You know, the service charges. We, we've got flats gone up in the old sorting office in Twickenham, directly over the road from the station. And they've crammed them in like there's no tomorrow. Seriously, like little boxes. Little boxes, little boxes, little boxes, little boxes. And I wouldn't even like to imagine... I mean, the flats start at 550000 for a box. I wouldn't like to imagine what the service charge is. Because people go, oh, we'd better buy this quickly. We don't want to miss out on it and it'll go up in price and we can rent it out and do whatever. And you think, the service charges are going to be astronomical there. But the houses... But people seem to have that money. Steve, I saw the Beatles in 1964 at the State Cinema in Kilburn. 14 shillings and sixpence. 14 shillings and sixpence. You see, they only started really 63, didn't they? That was what, that first hit, I think, of the Beatles in 63. The State Cinema in Kilburn is still there. Got the best staircase of any place. I think it might be a church now. Might be. Uh, either way, it's, uh, it's a super building. I think it was the last place in this country that... Um, um, Lauren and Hardy performed in. Lauren and Hardy made their last appearance there. I think. I'm pretty certain. Uh, 84850. Uh, Stuart says, uh, says, how would we, how can we know what two and six is if we have to be under 50 to listen to the programme? Mm, internet? Internet? Because you know, we, we, had a, we had a thing, we went out the other week and we've decided if you're over a certain age, this programme is not for you. If you're under a certain age, it's not for you either. But certain ages. Uh, Stuart is uh, 55. Oh, far too old for this programme. Good grief. Two and sixpence. Twelve and a half new pence, I believe. Twelve and... How do I know that? Because I've mentioned it so many times that every time I talk about two and six... Because that's the pocket money I used to get when I was um, younger. That's all I'll tell you. Younger. Two and sixpence. Twelve and a half... What could you get for twelve and a half pence now? Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. You can't even... We used to get a big bag of sweets. You could buy a bag of sweets from the sweet shop for, for two and sixpence. That was a lot of money. A lot of money. You could get an ice cream and you'd get some sweets. And, and the whole idea was when you were a child, when you were a kid, that the bigger the bag of sweets you got, the better it was. So for, for two and sixpence, you could get a right load of... Lucky bags were only threepence. I mean, that was two, and then you've still got another two shillings to go, and there'd be all sorts of exciting things in there. It was all better, wasn't it, when we were younger? Don't you think so? I think it was, I think it was an awful lot, lot better, because money seemed to go a bit further. Mainly because we didn't have any money. <laughs> Nobody had any money at all. Uh, Justin Bieber's uh, reps are claiming he didn't write, uh, well, not the last greatest living performer, in response to the tri- uh, tribute to Prince on Instagram. I don't know, actually. A big fan, as you know, of, uh, of Justin Bieber. He might, he might turn up to this thing. He might. But at the moment, they haven't got anybody confirmed at all. There's nobody confirmed. They're just saying that they would like to have a tribute concert to him. But if he was awake for six days beforehand. Um, Kelvin McKenzie's column today is dealing with uh, um, um, uh, Waitrose. And he's also looking at... Uh, uh, what's this one here? Oh, this is in Friday's column. I suggested a property crash at the top end was happening as according to an estate agent. I know two million pound plus houses in London and the southeast aren't selling. I just received an email from a developer telling me he just sold a new build in Wimbledon for three point four five million after a bidding war. Wow. Good Lord. It's amazing, isn't it? Really? I mean, people seem to have money. 
I don't care what anybody says, because every time they put flats up in London or around my area, they seem to sell out really quickly. And then they put the signs up. It's almost like they've got the signs originally, where they go, um, this is, you know, 65% of this development is already sold. And you think, oh, better get your skates on. It's done to design to make you get your skates on. And all the local estate agents fight for the business. They have to. They have to. Uh, Coming in this weekend, cold, 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 cold. Very cold. And so just take uh, take it easy out there. There might be snow this weekend. Uh, John says, I heard service charges on flats and apartments is normally around £4 a square foot. Oh, I wish. I wish. It would be so perfect if it was that, wouldn't it? Uh, because in different flats you pay different rates. Not every service charge is the same. There was a flat that came up in um, next to the Woolsey. In fact, above the Woolsey restaurant here in London and Piccadilly leading down. Very posh. Beautiful, beautiful apartment, as indeed it should be. The price of it was something astronomical. Uh, I think it was about £36 million. I think that was about the price of it. Which actually in London is not bad, he says. I'm trying to fit into what everybody else is talking about. And... Um, And I remember looking at the service charge. I went online to have a look at the flat, and it was beautifully decorated with muted greys and silvers and stuff like that, and the mirrors and the pots and the flowers and everything else. And it was all very nicely done. I didn't object to the interior at all. But they they did say uh, the service charge was £115,000 a year. That's for the service charge. What you got for 115000 I can't imagine. But that was the service charge. So, you know, if you're lucky... I mean, I have a service charge of around about... Uh, just under two thousand a year, which is uh, which is about right, I think. You know, if you've got a lift and you've got communal areas and you've got uh, a building that's got you know lighting on it, all that's got to be paid for. So these people living over the road from Twickenham Station and any other development, you look at it. If it's got lifts, you're paying for all of those lifts. You're, if it's got gardens or anything that involves landscaping, you're paying for landscaping. If it's got lighting on the property, you're paying for lighting on the property. Everything's got to be looked after, and you're paying for it. The developer's not paying for it, you're paying for it. It's as simple as that. Uh, more in the paper on the uh, the fact that the home of Prince is going to be a shrine of the times, and so people go there. They're all sort of, you know, there with hat boxes in purple and handing out sweets and things like that. But it does turn out that he might, and we'll have to wait for the results of the autopsy, uh, they're now saying that he's taken... Lots of drugs to stay awake for six days. Why you'd want to stay awake for six days, I can't imagine. A probe interferes the Yorkshire Ripper, struck 13 more times, was welcomed by his brother yesterday. I think the Yorkshire Ripper needs moving, Peter Sutcliffe, from uh, where he is at the moment uh, to to a normal prison. He's not mad at all. He's perfectly normal and sensible. Coming up to the news at six o'clock... I wasn't waiting for the orchestra to start there. I thought thought I'd just sort of wander through it, you know, as you do casually. Uh, The thieving people of Deptford who are stealing the water meant for the marathon runners. One woman loading up a trolley. Except she'll be named and shamed by tomorrow. Ghastly old person. Uh, Anthea Turner's writing a book about divorce. Princess Tippy Toes decides to preach to you yet again. The sex pest, convicted rapist, going off to Glastonbury because apparently he's always been to Glastonbury. So the judge said, oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, relax this curfew and you can go to Glastonbury again with your ghastly family. Britain's biggest pub chain bans the customer. Uh, Well, they don't mind him going there, but he's not drinking beer. And how to get a facelift from your fridge. Oh, and I will tell you about the bag that you're not allowed to buy. All of that and more after the news, which is next. On Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. 
Tweet at LBC. Oh, it certainly is. It's Monday, the 25th of April. You're very welcome. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. I know you don't want to get up this morning. I know that you're really thinking, I just want to stay in bed. It's cold. It's miserable. My body aches. I ran the marathon, but I raised money. So that's good news, isn't it? So bad news on the high street. Uh, British home stores, SOS and Austin Reed. An SOS. 11,000 people could be out at BHS and 1,000 at Austin Reed. Uh, the perm is back in fashion. Well, it is because Kylie Minogue has started it. The filthy motorway restaurants, they really... You've only got to look at them. Look at the people in there working. If they look grubby, don't eat there. Simple as that. Uh, the ostrich of death metal Bernie CD cock-up story you're going to really love. And the council's blooming madness. The bag as well you're not allowed to buy. We'll tell you about that. It's, it's only for rich people, so that counts most of you out straight away, including me too. Mark says Led Zeppelin played in Ipswich in 1971. One pound entry on the door. Led Zeppelin, you imagine? But of course, all these, nobody, nobody, these groups weren't, weren't famous, were they? I mean, when I was working, I've got a, a picture uh, at home. It's a photograph, actually, of when I was working the castle in Richmond. And a Friday night, I think it was two and six to go in. Two and sixpence. It might have, might have been a little bit more. I can't remember. Actually. I'm sure it said two and six. And I remember thinking, good God, I was far too cheap. Far too cheap there. And um, another one here. This is from uh, from Neil. He says, uh, I too am from Perth in Western Australia. He says, uh, please. See, I don't I don't understand this expression. He says, please don't bag Australia. Australians too much. Is that an expression? Bag. What does that mean? Oh, take the mickey. But you're so easy to take the mickey out of, Neil. I mean, that's why we do it. He says, uh, he said, we're very similar to Brits. No, you're absolutely not. No, you're the criminal element. Uh, that's why we sent you over there. You know, you go to Australia, stay over in Australia. So don't, don't bag Australians. Don't bag Australians. I've never heard that expression before. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Lost the will to live or something. Don't bag Australians. I mean, not everybody says, uh, you know, we're going to the beach for a barbie. Not everybody. It isn't exactly like Neighbours, is it? Or Home and Away or anything like that. Does everybody live in Ramsey Street? Do we all have pools in the back garden? Does everybody look like Kylie Minogue? Please God not. Please God not. But he is in Western Australia. I've never expressed any interest, Neil, to go. Isn't that funny? He says, you just have a bit more sunshine. Yeah, but that's, you see, we don't want sunshine. We are Brits. We are pale and anemic looking. We don't need, we don't need sunshine. Good Lord. Um, that's a lot, isn't it? Your hand's full there with that amount. Good Lord. And um, so we, we don't bother about sunshine. You won't find any Brits going, oh, yeah, we've got sunshine. We don't do that. We have sunshine. We have rain. We have snow. We have hailstones. We have bad winds. And that's all in one day. We have all the seasons in one day. You never, you go out your front door, you never know what to wear. In Australia, I'm assuming, everybody goes around in shorts and T-shirts and things like that. And what? Thongs. Oh, song. Yeah, thongs. Which those sandals isn't, yeah, flip-flops. We, we, we call them, they have another word for it. It's another language over in Australia. You know, they can't say barbecue, they call it the Barbie. You know, it's a barbecue. Barbie is a doll. Please, honestly, it is so... And, of course, they all go to the beach and they all swim and surf and they all want to be lifeguards and things like that. <laughs> Not the one I've got. <laughs> the one I've got. If you pushed him out into the water, you'd have to send three in to come and rescue him. Get him back in again. <laughs> He's gone out again. Get him back. Get him back in again. Anyway, so over in Deptford, over the weekend, the marathon, shh, pounding the streets, brilliant and brilliant, brilliant. And it was wonderful. And there's a certain element who thieve. And they're pictured in the papers today. They're pictured thieving. Um, and they're taking the water. They're that desperate. They're taking the water. 
I mean, it is so sad and so pathetic. But there again, luckily, because you can see these uh, these these people quite clearly. They're, they're quite clearly um, identified. And no shame whatsoever. No shame at all. And um, do they do Tiger Balm? My friend Michael's going off to America today. He's going to Vegas, which is fantastic. That'll be hot. That will be. And just remember, it's the middle of the desert. And so, you know, buy shorts. Get there's a there's loads of outlets actually in in Vegas depending on which part you you see but it's all it's all you'll see it coming in oh he's going to love it he's staying at the Bellagio which I'm very jealous of very jealous of and it's going to be really really nice uh, but there's lots of outlets there I don't need anything from America I promise you I don't need anything from America I've got I've got everything as it is at the moment but you enjoy it with the with the weather and, um, and my friend Jim he said it's spring. We must do lunch, he said, and I'm moving house. There's a reason to celebrate. Do you know, you see, the British are different. You know, unlike the... You think over in Australia that us Brits are a little bit sort of... Like that. We know how to party down. We know how to get our act together. We're telling you, we've been out there. We've had, we've had Ribena. We've had blackcurrant with, with spring water. We went into a restaurant the other day, and um, my godson, who was driving, very good, uh, said, oh, I'm driving Uncle Steve, so I'll just have a lemonade. So he had a lemonade, and then the, the waitress said, what, what, what sort of lemonade do you want? And so I said, well, how many types are there? He said, well, there's British lemonade or Sicilian lemonade. And Sicilian lemonade came in a bottle, squeezed lemons. And that, and that sounded quite nice. So he had, uh, he had the normal one, but my goddaughter had Sicilian lemonade, which I think probably cost about three times as much. So, Michael, you have a nice time over in Vegas, but just remember, you will bake... You will bake. You will, every time you go out the hotel, you will need to take bottles of water. But luckily, there are people who sell it all over the place, about a dollar a time or probably two dollars now, I should imagine. But you'll love it. You could just wander in and out of hotels. Yours is enormous. The Bellagio is huge. Caesar's Palace, enormous, right next door. So you can't miss it. You can't miss it. You'll, you'll, you'll absolutely have a super time. Just take loads of pictures and uh, we expect to get them sent back, which is lovely. Let me tell you the story of, of a nice couple. This is Beryl Pierce and Robert Redfern. Um, they're a nice couple. They're nice people. They're nice people. Why? Uh, they have transformed drab paving in front of their home into an oasis of greenery. Now, I've seen this before with people's houses. They do it. Uh, she's 70. He's 71. Uh, they say they own the land outside their semi-detached home and they built a £6,000 flowerbed to stop cars parking outside their window. But Cheshire East Council said the land was theirs and threatened court action. The engaged couple, 70 and 71, denied causing a nuisance and were due in court last week. The day before the trial, and after both sides had spent around £10,000 on legal bills, the council decided they could keep the flower bed. What a nasty bunch of people at the council. Cheshire East Council, boo! Boo you! Retired businessman Robert of Wilmslow in Cheshire said, we won't get the money back we wasted. It's ridiculous. It's only a flower bed. We're not belligerent people, but we knew that they were wrong, so we went all the way. We felt harassed. Boo, council! Boo, Cheshire East Council! What a bunch of moaning Marys you turn out to be. And then in the end, oh, you can keep the flower bed. Having wasted their £10,000, let's hope when these councillors get demoted, the same thing happens to them. Horrible people. Horrible people. Cheshire East. Boo! We should go and stand outside the council offices. Why are councils so nasty? Horrible people. Really ghastly. Uh, what else do we have in the papers today? Well, they're, they're talking about this sex pest. 
He attacked a woman whilst high on drink and drugs. His curfew's been listed. This is Harry Webb, 21. There's a picture of me. He looks a bit Neanderthal-like, and he obviously does drink and drugs. He attacked this uh, woman, a young barmaid. Supposed to be home from 8 to 6, but the judge has said, oh, don't worry, because your family all go to Glastonbury. You can, you can go to Glastonbury. <laughs> like, luckily, there's pictures in the paper of him. Make sure you identify him at Glastonbury. You know, you don't want anything... Because Glastonbury, I should imagine, I'm only guessing, of course that there would be people who would have taken drugs. Not think so? I would think that would be highly likely, that people take drugs. I'm so glad drugs bypass me. I worry about people who take drugs. Prince, I worry about. Well, I don't worry about him anymore, because uh, he's not with us. But, you know, if he took drugs for six days to try and stay awake, what a fool. What a fool. Not so good. Uh, The Arctic winds set to keep Britain chilly right into May, so don't buy the hanging baskets. Don't buy anything else at all at the moment. Um, I'd be happier, actually, if the young royals had actually run the marathon, wouldn't you? I'd be very happy seeing that, but I don't think it's going to happen any time soon. They'd rather just pose looking ridiculous in uh, in sweatbands. That's what, uh, you know, the producer's got this sort of beanie hat thing he wears all the time. I don't know why. I don't know why people... Middle of summer, beanie hats, I ask you, honestly. Sorry. You what? Oh, right, OK. See, ever since he's come back, he's come very hard. I don't know what's the matter with him. Always had too many barbecues and too many Sheilas hanging around him. So different from his life over here. Uh, should lonely Lolita be freed? This is Lolita. Uh, it's a killer whale. 46 years in the same pool. And it's, uh, it, this is in Miami. Uh, she's an orca. She's lived in the smallest, oldest orca tank in America. Uh, she was abducted from her family. She was caught off America's coast in 1970, taken from the wild to be trained and put on display in a tank the size of a swimming pool. Now, I, I, I could argue this one till the cows come home. You know, an animal that is used to roaming the seas cannot live in a swimming pool. Uh, over at Windsor Safari Park, when it was operating, their killer whale literally came out. I've seen, you know, the, the swimming pool that it was swimming round in was smaller than the council one down the road from me. It was seriously that bad. And for the time it wasn't performing, it was in a little thing at the side. It just literally floated. It was really absolutely appalling. Uh, the owners say that if they put this animal back in the sea, it would die as a result. Of course it would. It's become institutionalised. Uh, it doesn't know how to feed itself. So, in theory, no, it shouldn't. But you'd like to think that you could put it somewhere where it could swim around and actually have a, get a bit of exercise. I mean, it's, it's you know, it... it oh God, don't even, don't even start me on it. I get so angry about people who think that, you know, that this is entertainment for people. And we've seen killer whales, haven't we? We've seen a couple, actually, who've actually killed the trainer. Uh, the reason being... The reason being that they obviously... They either have very good memories and they think, I don't like you. I think we've seen two trainers killed. It's the ones I can remember off the top of my mind. One of them, because they, they train them with whistles. They get, and it comes in and they give it a fish. And eventually the animal, like elephants, they go, do you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I've really had enough. And so I think in the last case of one, it drowned it in the pool. The, the killer whale literally, you know, grabbed the trainer and held her under the water until she, uh, until she died which didn't actually take so long. Uh, Jan reckons perms are back in fashion. She said, I'm delighted. Delighted. She said, does that mean that my naturally curly hair will be on trend again? Yes. She says, uh, in, in my over 60 years, I only ever have it straightened once, and it really didn't suit me. I know, because you're so used to having your hair a certain... The producer's got the same sort of thing. He's obviously had the same style for... No, not you, my other producer. He's had the same hairstyle for that, and it suits him. You know, whereas me, I like to change the style every so often. You know, one day perm, one day straight, you know, one day back combing, flip, comb it all forward, go back, you know, helmet style. 
It's talking like that got me out the brownies. Uh, the Deptford water thieves look like pack animals, she said. Frightful. Yes, they were. But uh, worse than that, worse than that, Jan, they were thieves. They were common cheap thieves. They were thieving something that wasn't meant for them or intended for them. Luckily, they're identifiable in the papers. I hope we have names by tomorrow morning. She'll be crying like a, a spoilt child, won't she, later, I can tell. All women, except two of them. LBC News Time, 6.15, headlines. Ellen and Oakes. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Never enough hours in the day, are there, for this programme. Uh, still to come, the bag you can't buy. It's not for you peasants. Not for you lot at all. I'm t- you actually hear this one. You're going to love this story. Uh, first of all, do you remember the ice cream war that was hotting up? This is a man who has been selling ice cream for goodness knows how long, and the local council uh, decided to put it up for tender. So they, they put it up for tender. They say this is, this is normal custom and practice. And somebody outbids him. It was a sealed bid. Somebody outbids him. So Mr Brash loses to his rival. Uh, Tommy Brash sold... You know, ice lollies and ice cream and all the rest of it for 47 years. But anyway, his rival outbid the 71-year-old uh, and began charging higher prices. Anyway, uh, they managed to get together a lot of... A lot of fat people, by the look of it, who, um, who sort of stand there saying, oh, no, we should give it back to him. Which, of course, is ridiculous because he lost it fair and square. Had he won it, you know, would they have got a load of people for this other bloke to go out there and make sure... That uh, nobody could do. And so what they've done is the prices have gone up. With the new man who's had to pay more, he's put the prices up. But to be honest with you, it's a bit misleading. A little bit misleading. So Miss, Mr Brash charges 70 pence for a single cone. Uh, the new man, pound thirty. Well, don't worry, don't get too excited. Single cone with flake, he charged a pound. Uh, the new man is charging pound sixty. A twin cone with a flake... Mr. Brash charged £2. The new man, £2.10. A Cornetto, £1.30. The new man, £1.60. And an ice cream tub, one fifty. The new man, one eighty. So? So? What? I don't quite understand what the problem is here. Unless you look at the picture of the people, sta- the fat people, uh, standing there, and I'm thinking maybe they don't have this much money. And so they've actually, they've actually said, you know, we want him back again. But the council have said, no, this is how we do business. This is New Biggin by the sea in Northumberland. This is how they do business. So, you know, a bit of a waste of time complaining about it because nobody really cares. It's only his, his customers. But he's been there for 47 years, but he's, he's kind of lost out to somebody else. It's the way business goes. Simple as that. The other story is IKEA. They've put adverts on the pavement. Uh, and this is Nottingham City Council. And uh, they should get these adverts off the pavement immediately. And IKEA have said, uh, no, there's nothing illegal about these things. Oh, no, 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 no. What they've done is they've put down a template and they've sprayed with water the pavement. So, in other words, the pavements are so filthy that you can read the IKEA advert through the dirt. So, in fact, in a few weeks' time, it will fade. It will disappear. Uh, it's known as clean graffiti. Clean graffiti. And so the marketing manager said the adverts were being used around the UK and Ireland and said it's an environment-friendly way to spread the word. Of course, Nottingham Council have never seen it before. They've got no idea. Again... You know, buffoon councillors. And so, take it away. Dirty, dirty adverts on the pavement. But they said, no, no, no. All we've done is, it's this water. It's been sprayed with water, showing how filthy your pavements are. Uh, The big fat gypsy wedding dress makes her look like a giant blancmange. Probably out of the dress, she looks like a giant blancmange as well. But the story is of the bag. The bag that you can't get. The bag that... They work on the assumption now that uh, when ladies uh, go out, they want to get a bag... And, uh, and this bag 
is very expensive. It can cost a small fortune. The reason it costs a small fortune is because you can't find them anywhere. So they've done a piece. And, of course, Victoria Beckham has got one. It's for stuck-up people. It's for stuck-up people. So they sent somebody out to try and get hold of this Hermes bag. The price of it can go up to, I believe, 35000 for a handbag. I mean, that's how dumb the people are who are buying a bag. £35,000, I ask you. A small house or two houses in Liverpool. And uh, it's for the super rich. Kate uh, Moss has got one, Naomi Campbell, Elle McPherson, Sarah Jessica Parker, and uh, Victoria Beckham's got one, Catherine Zeta-Jones has got one. It's a way of showing to the poor peasants out there, I'm rich, you can't have one. And they only sell them to the A-list. So they sent out reporters. First of all, they went to uh, the Hermes concession in Selfridges. And she says, I'm trying very hard to buy the Birkin bag and getting nowhere. Behind the Hermes counter is a supremely chic woman in her mid-twenties, built on a different template to the rest of womanhood. They always are. Yes, may one help, madam? That's that kind of thing. Her waist is the size of my upper arm. Anyway, hello, I say. All my life I've yearned to own a Birkin or a Kelly bag. Now I'm in a position to do it and I'm going to buy one today. Mademoiselle flashes her eyes and uh, says we don't have any available in the store. And uh, so she says, uh, uh, so I gaze blankly and said, could I see one? She repeats the line, we don't have any in the store. We don't have any here, she says. You can check in other stores whether they have any, but we don't have access to other stores. In other words, to you. Access? Nothing as advanced as a telephone. They certainly have no intention of helping her out at all. I, I, I ask why there's none in stock. They were sold, she said. And yes, all of them. Hopefully we will get more in, but I don't know when. Don't you think that is the snootiest ever? You know, shop assistant. You feel like doing that lovely line from Ab Fab going, darling, drop the attitude. You're just a shop girl, OK? You don't own Hermes. You're a shop girl. OK, just get over it. Anyway, it happens all over the place. In Selfridges, the new Bond Street store, all over the place, even in Manchester. And uh, so I go in there and uh, she's told here a sales assistant is waiting when you go in there. It's almost like, I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near these places. Uh, I tell her I'm hoping to have a look at a Birkin bag. She says, we don't have them here. You know, done in a posh accent, probably. When I question it, she says, we used to have a waiting list, but we had to close it two years ago because the demand was too high. It's the same in our Selfridges store in Manchester. So, uh, unfortunately, it's not for you people. They're not going to sell you one. And, of course, they make it so that the snooty people, like the Beckhams and like, you know, Catherine Zeta-Jones and all these other models, so you can see it on them and then you go, I must have one. To be honest with you, I would rather not have one. If Victoria Beckham's got it, I don't want it. I don't want it. It's like, you know, somebody's got an ology. I don't want it. If they've got an ology, they're obviously free and easy. If you're daft, daft enough to pay £35,000 for a bag, that's your problem, isn't it? So, ordinary ladies out there, I'm terribly sorry. It's not for you. Hermes is, is a snooty shop, and they're only there for people who've got loads of money. Even when one of the women went in and said, I've just inherited a lot of money, it didn't help. These, these shop assistants, shop girls... They can see through that. They know if you've got money or not. I'm sorry, madam, you don't fit our criteria. And you can't get these bags. You'd think, actually, if something was selling really well, they'd actually get loads of them made. You know, and then we could all have that. But then, of course, it takes away the chic, doesn't it? What's the point of, you know, if little Miss Daisy Nobody off a reality show is walking around with a £35,000 bag? The truth of the matter is there's copies of these everywhere. 
copies everywhere. So when you look at something, but I wouldn't recognise it. Just looks like a doctor's bag. And of course, the last thing you'd want if you were sort of in your last throes of life is Victoria Beckham peering over you with a bag, wouldn't you? Oh my God, I think I've gone and died and gone straight to hell. Here's Victoria Beckham. So £35,000 and... Um, in, in one place, a male sales assistant uh, said rather snootily, there are none in stock. He says, there might be some later on, but really, we don't, we don't know. In other words, they're not willing to deal with you at all, but I love them. You're just shop girls. Just shop girls. Just try and get yourself back in the real world. It's a bag, OK? It's worth 35000 I've got the same. I've got a 10p bag for life. For life, ladies and gentlemen, from Marks and Spencers. 10p, that's going to last me the whole of my life. She's got a £35,000 bag that people are going to point at her and go, oh, my God, how stuck up. Get one of my 10p bags. They last forever. And you can use them for rubbish and everything. They're really, really useful. Just go, Waitrose do them. They're probably available elsewhere. And it's got a picture on the outside. It looks really trendy. I've got some under my desk here. If anybody touches them, pff, tell you, big, big trouble. Listen, I've got to go now. I've got to go and rescue my bag from outside because it's very expensive and very nice. And we'll do it again tomorrow, by which time I might have secured a Birkin bag. 35. I can't believe anybody, seriously, with half a brain cell, would spend 35,000 on a bag. Unless it's made by virgin nuns or something in the Outer Hebrides. I mean, how, would it, how could anything ever cost that much? I just don't understand it. Anyway, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. It'll be Nick Ferrari at breakfast. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. I wish you a very, very pleasant... I wonder if, you, I wonder if somebody else will try and get one of those. If I, somebody writes to me tomorrow and goes, by the way, Steve, I've got one of these Birkin bags. <laughs> I think I'll just about end my life. I don't think it's possible. 35,000. But they come in different fabrics. I still question, though, £35,000. Even the Queen's handbags, on average, 1,500 quid. Lisa Aziz is next with the morning news. This is LBC. 